When the crowd gets loud, that's a pop. When Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte get a couple new belts to spice up their sex life, that's a monster pop. Jesus. Hello, everyone. I'm <laughs> Dr. Destruction, PhD, accompanied by my fellow co-host, the student of the game, D Straight. What is up with it, dudes? I don't have any shtick this week, man. I'm going I'm going absolute straight, man. For Deeply Joey. disappointing. Yeah, I but, was waiting for your next shtick from last week. You turned over a new leaf or something? Well, I'm telling you, if you are not going to be the clown, uh, it's going to be two straight men, and I don't think that's going to work. But you were the one who insisted that it works. You insisted that okay. the opposite is bad, and two sports listen, entertainment-y. Listen, it... <laughs> It's so sports entertainment-y, by the way. I, the, we'll talk about that again in a little bit. <laughs> well, hi. I'm Reclaim Joey. Well, you know, way to steal my introduction, but yes, of course. The incomparable, the rated R Twitch star, Reclaim Joey. I like that, rated R Twitch star. It's pretty good. It's way better yeah, than like Edge using it, honestly. I have, I do way more with it than he does, probably. And probably way more than he's doing with his... uh dollar store house of oh my these days. god <laughs> so we don't normally cover wwe but i saw like the video of the entrance like the very <laughs> first entrance and that looked like some fisher price completely missed the point house of black shit they had the music it had like a really cringy song right and it's all purple and edge is sitting in like a chair and they're supposed to be looking like house of black style and everything you know house of black has like actual metal and stuff in there like for their music and then they had this really corny song, and then the vocals kicked in, and it's like, <laughs> hear me, hear me, hear you, hear me, hear. Like, it's like completely misses the point. It's so bad and cringe. Oh my God. It kind of has like this, it sort of like misses the point, right? You know, Edge already had like a pretty memorable theme and whatnot, and was a memorable person. I mean, everyone knows who he is. He was kind of over as a babyface. So I don't, and I get that, you know, WWE is not about like, making new stars in a lot of ways they don't want anyone bigger than the brand but like this isn't someone that you're really concerned about you know moving on past the brand he's like middle-aged he's already done it all in the business like yeah just have him there as like you know this nostalgia act but they're reinventing the wheel and uh i'm not necessarily sure that it's breeding any success what you know, Edge is like Edge is like Madonna. You know, every three years he reinvents himself. <laughs> I mean, at least he's trying. No, I mean, thirty. I guess. Did I yeah. say th- I meant thirty? I meant thirty. Oh, okay, 30. <laughs> thirty years. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm like, I never really knew him as someone who really reinvented himself. Speaking of music, Doc, did I ever tell you about the time I was headed over to Joey's house? We were gonna watch uh, the G1 final, and he was. Uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm almost at your house," and he said, "All right, I'm leaving QT right now. Just picked us up a couple drinks." And I was like, "Cool, we'll meet you there." And Unbeknownst to him, I pulled up next to him at the red light. It's just the timing worked out that way. <laughs> He's gonna lie about something. I know it. I know it. No, I'm gonna tell you exactly it. what happened. So he had his windows down and he was playing Lance Archer's AEW entrance music <laughs> loud and he was singing along very seriously. And he was like flipping his hair around and stuff. Oh I'm telling you what happened. I never I didn't call him out or laugh at him because I knew it would be just too it, it was just I was gonna let him go. I just didn't want him. I didn't want him to suffer that embarrassment. That's an easy like that lie to debunk. That's an easy thing to debunk because Is it? the last time, the last time we watched the G one together was before Lance was even in AEW. So, but did he use that theme before AEW? Uh, yes, no. but he hadn't debuted it yet mm-hmm. because he started using it at like the he started using it at like that Dallas G one, I think. 
<laughs> I don't know. You know, it was a really insane week for wrestling. There's a lot of stuff that happened, and I regret to tell you guys that we did not get to watch everything. <laughs> and we didn't get to watch that much at all, to be honest. It was a crazy week. Davey was at uh, uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend. He was spending a lot of time doing that, and uh, we just had a lot of really crazy things going on. And my Twitch career, you know, uh, Blood Hunt, which is my main game, it finally released and I was doing a lot of stuff for that. And there was just a lot of work that's been going into these kinds of things. But so we didn't get to watch everything, but we did get to watch our normal stuff. And we also got to watch a little bit of New Japan. And we also have a lot of news to cover from the week. So there is that. So there will be fewer reviews on this episode, but we will not lack any content. It will still be as robust as it normally is. And we will put our best foot forward here for you guys. Best laid plans, man, because I was telling you guys before we went live that my plan was to not only keep up with everything that we cover, but also I was trying to follow um, All Japan's Champions Carnival, and mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I dropped the ball there too. So I also got kicked out of my office this week because my wife's friend was in town and it, it was converted Ooh. into a guest. That's room, why so. the episode was late last week, by the way. So. You want to send us hate mail? Send it Davy's Davy's wife's friend. Yeah, Davy's wife's friend. Yeah, send send the hate mail that way. Um. So yeah, and then I I had you know finals week is approaching. It's end of the semester, and I'm having a lot of conversations. If you if you guys remember in the CM Punk Colt Cabana podcast when he's talking about his conversation with Ryback when he kept hurting him. Yeah, that's like a lot of the conversations that I'm having lately. Like, are you just stupid or did you fuck up for real? <laughs> that's that's pretty much like the the exact conversations that I'm having with a lot of people. Jesus it's, Christ. It's a rough end of the year. I'll tell you that. Uh, oh, my God, dude. Can we stay on Ryback for a second? Oh, oh yeah. There my was God. that. Before, before we talk, can we? Yeah, let's talk about Ryback. Fuck it. Can we can somebody just read the tweet? The, yeah. the one about, about uh, Vince, Vince senior. Did he post anything else insane since that? I don't think so. So the context was, I believe Vince's mom just passed away. Oh, so my the, God. Uh, okay. The man matriarch. So the big guy Ryback tweets, period, at Vince McMahon, so, you know, the whole world can see it. Like most promoters, has an insatiable urge to have control. He had no control watching his mom get beat up as a child, which is a horrendous thing for a kid to witness as their whore mom tries to make ends meet. Vince has failed to evolve. Fuck you, old man. Winky face. Okay, I'm going to say this. I think a lot of people were probably offended by this. I didn't really take the temperature of the room. Oh, <laughs> they were. There were only two Americans that could have said that. Disco Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Ryback and Ernest Hemingway. This is some, this sounds like, this sounds, no, I'm not even kidding. This is a Hemingway-esque fucking Comparing him to one of the uh, all-time American greats. <laughs> <laughs> just just to very casually say to watch your whore mother get be just it, it reminds me of like the pigeon spanish if you've ever read for whom the bell tolls that <laughs> yeah. hemingway like kind of writes it in this pigeon spanish isn't the correct term he writes it in like a translated spanish into Eng english is a very weird experiment and it reminds me of something right out of that novel i'm serious i'm 100 percent serious like there's something to this that really it was like really powerful. And I don't know if it's bullshit or, or true or what, but, and then he also says, fuck you to Vince at the end. I can't stand right back, but you know, as me just kind of looking on and watching this unfold, I thought, I thought that tweet was fucking awesome. I don't dude. even know. I don't know what to think about that tweet. Tweet. Queef. 
I don't know what to think about <laughs> that. He did queef. He did queef that out, man. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that tweet, man. What a fucking weird thing to fucking decide to so say. We- so weird. I mean, so if it's weird. any if it's any consolation to people who were mad about it, I'm sure Vince never saw it. Nor oh, would he yeah. care what Ryback has to say. Straight up. And you know, you want to insult the McMahon family? Go ahead. Like his yeah, shitty wife, that? you know. Raising being on Trump's like, I think she was the chair of like Trump's like fundraising board Small for a while. Wait, wait, this, wait. The, this uh, isn't his wife. This is his mom. Small I know, I know, but I'm just talking about the whole clan, like the whole McMahon clan. Like, I'm, and I'm oh, sure clan okay. with a K. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Jesus. Um. Yeah. I mean, right back right. can fuck off. Some. So sometimes, sometimes two entities that you can't stand come together, and it's just a joy. To watch them go head to head because you don't really have any skins in the game you don't care who gets dragged out and damaged and, and hurt at the end of the day it's just like you want to see some some slobber knockers thrown and like you said joey this i don't know what to make of this but man that was very interesting and i legit thought of ernest hemingway right away <laughs> at least for at least until the, the fuck you old man winky face part i think that's millennial shit but but still Wow. What you a heard it here first. Tweet. Ryback is the millennial Ernest Hemingway. That's right. Maybe. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if he can coin them like that, man, keep it going. Let's get some long form. Why Let's is Ryback? Ryback seems like a guy that would be like a like a control your narrative like poster boy, but still doesn't get booked by control your narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. He's still not working there. There's <laughs> still God. time. There's still time. I mean, so, where where is our Ryback Braun Strowman dream match? Because Come on. They, he's the guy that when the lights turn off and then they come back on at Control Your Narrative, he's the one that's in the ring. <laughs> he's the big surprise. <laughs> oh my god! What if that? Ha- what if Tony did that? What if Tony Khan did that? And it was Ryback. Would you have rather seen <laughs> oh Ryback or Satnam Singh? Uh, there would have been more heat. Them. I feel well. I feel there would have been more heat. That's for you, sure. well, you know what? I, I think I think we're we're gonna have a lot of conversation about underestimating guys that don't look like they could do anything today. I have a feeling. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, right. So <laughs> you're gonna have to eat crow. I think later in the show, but I will. I will to a degree. Yeah. Okay. So, but I, I have a question. So you went to Texas Fright Frightmare Weekend this weekend, right? Yes, man. Did, did I was you dodging? S- Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was going to ask if you did you see any cool wrestling stuff? Nope. Unfortunately, I didn't. I saw very little in the way of cool shit. It's mostly hotel ballrooms and corridors packed with dudes that say things like, man, my favorite Jason movie, I think, is Jason 3, man. Jason, that was bad, (laughs) dude. But like, um, let's say who's bad? Chucky's bad. Fucking Freddy Krueger's fucking bad. Let's say who else? Pinhead, uh, which I can't remember, dude, but that, you know that one movie where Halloween comes out behind the car and, and cuts that girl's throat? That's fucking bad. There's, it's hundreds of those dudes. And I've been to, to this event in years past, and it was like, I the last two years because of the uh, pandemic, I didn't go, but it was like the exact same event. It felt everything was the same. The vendors were the same. It looked the same. The people were the same. Everything's the fucking same. I didn't see any cool wrestling shit whatsoever, except someone from Austin set up a booth and they were making banners and flags out of old, you know, movie posters and and flyers and things. And they had the WCW RoboCop pay-per-view. Oh what what was it? It was like Capital. Capital. It's like Capital. 
Capital Carnage or Capital something. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very similar to the name of the New Japan show coming up. But yeah, I, I was like, should I buy this? It, it's a proper flag, too. So I Capital Combat it. was it. Capital, Capital Combat, Combat. That's it. Yeah. It was a proper flag. So I could have flown it in front of my house. <laughs> like out in my yard. They were people who thought, you know, they would be asking, where were you on January 6th? <laughs> yeah, with RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Could you imagine RoboCop? Did you up? get it? No, I didn't. I didn't end up. I am it. disappointed. You know, my birthday's next month, right? It was so. It was so faded. That, oh my like, God! It was just kind of a shitty print job, to be honest. Fair so. enough. Fair enough. But yeah, that's but nope. That show's legendary just because of RoboCop. If you don't know, for context, so I know it was a paid review for sure. So the four horsemen had trapped Sting surfer sting inside of a fucking cage it was a funny looking cage like real cartoony giant bars and stuff like that and then they had um they had been advertising robocop was going to show up on the show and then they were they were like he's here he's here and they showed like this backstage footage if you've seen the whole thing it had like this the um the, the screen like turned to static and then it would come back on and you would see his feet like moving and stuff like he came from all the way in the parking lot and then they would keep doing that and they would be like oh my god is it him is it him and they would show him coming through the uh through the back and jim ross is like old school jim ross is going fucking nuts and and like he's calling it so serious like it's the fucking legit robocop totally normal shit like that and he finally hits the entryway and he starts walking and i'll never fucking forget how he's like and here comes robocop here comes robocop <laughs> like you know how he says and he's in robocop takes his fucking sweet ass time it's the actual robocop and he's walking super slow down the fucking ramp and uh meanwhile the four horsemen are freaking out like heels do and they can't believe that it's robocop and they're reacting to it but they have to react for a fucking unnatural a amount time. of time yeah yeah so finally they, they fucking powder and he goes up to the fucking cage to let sting out and bends those cartoony giant bars and it's fucking robocop like that's the most insane part it's robocop and then he stands shoulder to shoulder with sting and they fucking chase off the four horsemen and stuff and uh Jim Ross is just going nuts, and he's like, "It's like Sting, RoboCop, and his buddy Sting." You know, just going crazy. Oh it's God. one of the most insane things I've ever seen on wrestling. They were promoting RoboCop Two, which was being was was out at the around the time. I don't know if it was coming out or was already in theaters or whatever. But yeah, that was a uh, it was a total live spot, and obviously, like we're still not past that shit. Yeah, so so there was just a lot of crazy stuff going on. So we're gonna talk to you guys about some news this week. Um, Let's. What do we have first? What do we have first? EOD. What do we got first to talk about here? All right. So, um, you know, I guess you know we'll be talking about WWE for almost the entirety of the news section. Uh, we have uh, recently Athena, um, formerly Ember Moon in WWE, came out had an interview where she kind of disclosed a lot of stuff about the culture that you know maybe it wasn't as much of a surprise with Johnny Ace back but it really confirmed a lot of people's concerns that he was really just kind of interested in women being sexy and not really being wrestlers apparently they had a meeting in NXT to sort of everyone redress up in a more of a uh, risque attire shall we say and yeah that's been like a major well, topic of conversations I, I don't know why everybody's putting that so much on johnny ace which he's probably like the fucking like tip of the spear for that 
but at the yeah, same time, he hasn't time, been directly attributed. This is it, but. yeah, but who cares? Like it's WWE. This is a WWE mandate, yeah. not a Johnny Ace mandate. He's not going to be able to do anything without the <sighs> approval and the okay or even the encouragement of WWE management. So he's that. So the the fact that everybody wants to find this fucking person to blame, it's still WWE. I'm just getting so sick yeah. of people like not fucking holding that company accountable for the shit that they do. And that this is this is the latest thing. Even if he didn't have um, approval, like specific approval, it's him understanding like the culture of that company. Exactly. And didn't yeah, didn't it come up that they use Liv Morgan as an example? Like, oh, we need. Uh, it was, uh, need to look it was more Mandy Rose. Rose. Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose. Yeah, you guys need to look more like Mandy Rose. Ooh. Yeah. I could just see like him, somebody being horny about Mandy Rose and using her as an excuse. Remember when? Um, or as an example, remember when John Moxley got released and he did the interview with Chris Jericho and he was talking about I think I think it was him, right? And he was talking about Vince yeah. getting horny about some white panties, like, ooh, white panties. I don't know if it was Mox, but <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember who's somebody. It's just another example of like the the culture and when it comes to women's wrestling. And it's strange because they really have in the past, you know, eight years had some really good women's wrestling featured on, you know, across their shows, not all across the board, but there's been some great matches between NXT and, and main yeah, roster with absolutely with Charlotte, Becky and Sasha and, you know, a few others. So it's weird that they're still on this fucking tip. Like I thought we were past that, but I guess with NXT 2.0, it's just like going, it's just like a regression. I don't know if it's like, they're still on this tip or if like they're going back to it because mm-hmm. just like just like NXT 2.0 they they like got away from the fucking bullshit that they were doing before just so they can like do something that was actually pretty decent uh which was the black and gold NXT and then now they're going back to the stuff before and now maybe they're like ah oh, okay we're done with all this women's revolution shit you know they they they're fucking they were only doing it because that was the the fucking like progression of our fucking society and uh, like portraying women in uh, leading roles and things like that. Make no mistake. It's cool that WWE did it, but they didn't do it because that's what they believe. They did it because that's the fucking way the wind's blowing in our society. Yeah. And make no mistake, as soon as the wind blows the other way, they're going to treat the women just like this. And this is a fucking example. Because I remember when I did, when I, uh, I and Athena and I went to, I, I know Athena, uh, we trained together as well um, when we were coming up. And Athena and I went to, we had, went to the same like WWE like tryout and things like that. We tried out um, in front of uh, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard and uh, I don't think I don't remember if it was him that told it. I don't want to put it on him, but I guess like WWE was really interested in her, which is back then, even way before she ever got signed, uh, because she was good. She was she's explosive. She's uh, she can work. Um, her stuff looks good, and they were interested in her even way back then. And I remember her telling me that they wanted to sign her, but they told her to lose ten pounds in her ass, which is just an insane thing to fucking say. That's absurd. Yeah, because it's like, are you are you going, are you going to just weigh your ass, like put it up yeah. on the scale? Does it fucking work like that? Like, what are the fuck are they talking about? And the proud woman that Athena was, she was like, I'm not doing that for that just to get signed. So kudos to her. But um, I can't. That that's the way they've always thought. They've been thinking about that for a long time. And and 
if this is true, I mean, I, I have no reason to doubt that it isn't. She even said that everybody was feeling the same way and uh, there's no reason to doubt it. Um, they're that's, that's their mindset. Maybe they think they're trying to go back that way. It's fucking sick. And like, how long, like when are, when is WWE going to be held accountable? Like how much bad shit do they need to do before they stop fucking filling up arenas? You know, there's well, other great wrestling out there that's doing it in a fucking more genuine way. And it's not WWE. So we forget sometimes that good taste are what we perceive as good taste. And I don't just mean like being progressive when it comes to, you know, gender issues or whatever. It could be that or just good taste in wrestling, a product that doesn't insult your intelligence. We forget that these are all things not held by the masses. And I, I, I fucking have been going to this example for almost 20 years, but Nickelback was at one one time one of the biggest bands in the world. That's all I got to fucking say about that. Yeah. And so you're right. And I've got plenty of examples of just terrible, awful shit that makes just does fucking buku box office. Right. I feel you. This is insulting. And I don't care. Like most of the people in those arenas at WWE events, Mm -hmm. most of them are fucking idiots. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I feel you on yeah. that. And, and a lot there's, of... there's people who reluctantly watch it, buy a ticket, or sit down for three hours of TV to see the people that they know are good or like, like Seth or Cody, whatever, whatever, whoever you want to, Kevin Owens, whatever examples you want to use. And they are hopeful that they're going to see a good show for a change. I used to do that when I would watch Raw and stuff. I would just hope that they would figure it out and I would get a good show. And it's always disappointed. Right. I mean, and there's like a really crazy mentality out there, and this is about everything. It's not just about wrestling, but you see it about wrestling. They, they People argue back and forth about fucking ratings and demos and all sorts of shit like that. And let's be fucking clear here. Just because something is is successful or popular or makes a lot of money or gets a lot of views or a lot of viewers doesn't mean it's the best thing out there. Straight up. It, yeah, like, I hate that. I yeah. hate when and people just point because, to that. And just because something isn't doesn't mean it's not really fucking good, you know. And and if like like we fucking like punk rock, like if if, if punk rock taught me anything, it's that it's it's that very thing. Like a lot of the best shit in life is very well, very much unknown, and probably doesn't make money, and probably doesn't get a lot of viewers. And you know what? That's okay. But there's a fucking consensus amongst fucking people that think that that is the case. Just because something makes a lot of money does, you know. I bet fucking. I bet fuck. I bet the Nazis had a big budget to fucking get their uniforms. You know what I mean? Who fucking cares? They probably made a lot of money. Just because it's fucking fucking makes a lot of money doesn't mean it's fucking good. You're telling me Goebbels didn't have trouble uh, getting funding. What? So what's your what's your take on this, Doc? Yeah, I mean, it's as I said, it's I, I do find it kind of you know from this sort of more of like the progressive standpoint. It's kind of like disgusting and whatnot. But that's sort of like how they're like objectifying the women and whatnot and. It's not like shocking because it's just like, yeah, like this is sort of, you know, kind of the essence of the company that there was sort of this swing towards like, well, let's actually, you know, treat these women as, you know, performers and whatnot, not just, you know, competitors. Who knows? I mean, like, well, if this will, I mean, it definitely seems to be a shift, but who knows if, like, how much, like, you know, are they going to start demanding that, like, their upper talents right are they going to start like mm-hmm. asking like becky and charlotte to start you know hey like you know can you come out like in a mini skirt or something like that like I- i'd be shocked if they do but you know we'll see i would think that they would be immune to it because they're main event players yeah. and they're 
proven to draw money, but I'm sure they realize that sex sells, whether or not the position that they're in in terms of um, showcasing women's wrestling is an appropriate place to apply that. Um, that's the question here. I don't think that it is. It doesn't mean a woman who is you know, beautiful or wants to portray her character as sexy or it works for the character. I'm not certainly not against it. But when you when you sit, you know, some of these women down and tell them, hey, you know, you need to lose 10 pounds of your ass or you need to show more skin or whatever, that is completely regressive. And when I call when I call fans WWE fans idiots, I'm very much uh, including people that are shallow enough that that's all they want to see when it comes to a women's match is, you know, sex appeal and skin rather than some of these women are fucking incredible, you know? Some of them are better than men. Some of my favorite wrestling of all time is women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and Because some of it is just that fucking good. Friend of the show, Ruthless Lala. Yeah. So when I call WWE fans idiots, it's not just because they're willing to accept bad wrestling. It's that they're fucking Neanderthals. And... Uh, <laughs> But there's money to be made in that. I mean, and, you know, fuck, we've gotten political here on this show. I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, Trump won an election. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's money to be made in purposefully being regressive. I think that proved that. So I don't know what to say, but it sounds like maybe they got the fucking numbers with their audience. And the quote-unquote hot girls or girls that are, are just doing, you know, divas-type shtick or, you know, whether or not that's their idea or, you know, that's been, you know, that idea has been supplied for them. Maybe they're doing numbers. And we talk all the time about Which is marketing. weird because NXT 2.0, where they're really pushing that, seems to be just down the hole as far as numbers is concerned. Yeah, and that's, it is weird. So maybe maybe they're just looking at it as as straight-up developmental now and not worrying about the ratings i don't know maybe they're just getting them ready to get on usa network and show as much tit as possible i don't know i mean have you seen the way they've uh they've prom- they've promoted that nikita lions chick <clears throat> she looks she looks amazing right she really does and you know maybe she Wait, wants, what, do you, what do you mean maybe she wants to be hold on I'll, I'll get to that but maybe she wants to be portrayed like this but yeah, I mean, if they want to do that, I'm yeah. 100% fine yeah, with that. Yeah, for sure. But like she's like, okay, I'll I'll just I'll just say it. She's she's thick. Like she's built thick. Like um the way that uh the modern woman, like you know how like like it's very like in in style to be thick, right? And she is very much that. She looks absolutely great. But the way they portray her is like very in your face about it and you know i'm okay with that right like i don't have a problem with it especially if she's okay with it but like she's popping her stuff in yeah the camera. you can yeah and like what her like her fucking finisher is where she does like the splits and sticks her ass out and stuff like that while she's on somebody and like you can literally look at like wwe's like uh or nxt's like instagram account i think you could probably see it like i saw it the other day where yeah. like it was like uh and it said, like, what a way to start the show. And it's, like, her, like, <laughs> showing off her stuff. And like I said, if she's cool with that, then that's fine. But if she's uh, was pressured into doing that uh, for any particular reason, like, you know, then it's not okay. And we don't really know. Yeah. And we're not puritanical by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination. And I certainly wouldn't want to, like, for anybody to get the impression that. Yeah, we think women's sexuality is like regressive, yeah, sure. but when they're being sat down and told you need to be hotter, you know, yeah, 
at the end of the day, it is a wrestling show when you are veering away from that into other things and making that the showcase rather than the actual competition, legitimate or not, like we're going to call you out for it. If that involves, you know, demeaning women, fuck that. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, women's sexuality and anybody's sexuality for that matter, uh, men, women, whatever, like it, 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 your sexuality should be expressed because you, it's an expression of yourself Like you want to express it. Not because, you know, they somebody wants to sell it for you in your behalf. Like Shane Douglas's pubes. Yeah. Like Shane Douglas's <laughs> pubes. I posted Or even like, I mean we've we've talked about like, you know, Effie on the show before and we've we've I think we've all kind of come to the conclusion like it, the gimmick's not totally for us, but like, hey, you know, like we are under the assumption that he's doing it because he wants to do that and you know, good on him. Yeah, he wants to put it out there and that's totally fine. I, w- I would be interested to know like the our our who's okay with what they're doing and who's not. And if do, do they feel pressure to have to do it at this point or they lose their job or something? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I hope we're being clear about that. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely nothing wrong with um, a wrestler being attractive, you know, like you said, no matter the gender, but when it becomes paramount and it's the reason you're there in the company, fuck that. I don't care. You know, being attractive is always good for television, but when it's the only or the number one reason you're there, fuck that. I don't want that, and I'll call that out. We're we're wrestling fans, straight up. That's what we're trying to say here. I think. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I want to see. I guess like you, like you want to see a more like uh like genuine representation of somebody. I guess like some they say sometimes it doesn't always have to be like this, but they say sometimes that you know the best wrestling characters are portraying themselves like turned way up mm-hmm. you know yeah or some some reflection of something from their from their id or whatever you know what mm-hmm. i mean exactly yeah. we could do a whole podcast just about that and try to dissect that it would be an interesting show for sure and we have there there's two kinds of wrestling that i really enjoy and one is the more sports-based presentation you know never done better than you know 90s all japan or whatever and then there's American wrestling that does have some over the top shit, but it's also expressive and reflective of our culture in some way. And mm-hmm. I find that just as fascinating and, and just as, you know, important and, and, and viable. So, so what else do we have? Well, the other big story is uh, some uh, changes in, uh, let's say, changes in contract status. So oh, lots of releases, huh? Yeah. So, well, the one was apparently a contract expiration, um, but we'll go through. Uh, do you want me to go through the whole list or just kind of go through the big names? Um, damn. You know what? Let's let man. I guess we can just go through the big names. Yeah. So um, most of these people, I think I think all of them are from NXT 2.0. OK. Um, in WWE that are gone. That's um, the, the wait, most wait, notable. Wait, ones. wait, wait. Only read the hot ones. well i mean part of this is i actually don't i mean part of it's like because we really haven't watched since the transition to 2.0 i think i watched like the first episode and that's it so i don't know who most of these people are but like the big ones to me like dexter loomis they released who they were like kind of building a lot of stuff around um in that transition and before uh malcolm bivens apparently he actually just chose not to resign um oh is that what it was i thought they let him go i thought so too that's a that's a big loss i mean he's He's uh he was really I saw him on um I saw him a lot in Evolve as Stokely Hathaway and I always thought he was pretty good. I definitely see him being picked up. Like he's very well liked. 
Um, oh yeah, I mean MJF was like all yeah. over it. Yeah, when he's broke. He's extremely well liked, and I guarantee you we'll see him probably in AEW. I think managing yeah. somebody, he's somebody that could be a really good mouthpiece mouthpiece for someone. Absolutely. Yeah, and the and the biggest one, especially because like a lot of these were released because the justification wasn't so much budget this time; it was that they're not getting good fast enough. Oh, uh, they released Dakota Kai not being good fast enough. How do you what Dakota Kai? She's yeah. good. What the fuck? Okay, that's weird. Being good and getting separated from WWE. Yeah, I guess you're right. Very much unrelated. That's true. It's just it's just weird to me because like there's nothing about her that feels like she wouldn't fit in like as a main roster call up. I mean, especially considering like that they kind of just have this revolving door of like really low mid carders who they kind of just like whatever. We'll just throw you in a match. People get excited because you're new and whatever like why Mm -hmm. couldn't she have been in that role at the very least yeah that's fucking weird man um i hope she lands on her feet i could see her going to AEW for sure when did athena get released i know it was um she's been gone a while she's been gone for a while i'm surprised she hasn't shown up somewhere already well and i don't want to speculate too much but she did mention that they wanted to like transition her to a coach and there's been some people have speculated that like after recent injuries she hadn't really like recovered so i don't know if it's like certain questions about her in-ring capabilities i like i don't i don't want to like speculate too much but i wonder if that might be a reason why we haven't really seen her since that's a good question i don't know i haven't watched that whole interview and i I will watch it but um it'd be strange if she gave that interview if that was the idea yeah she sure she she went she went it seems like she went off and said a lot of things and uh, mm-hmm. shared a lot of her experiences and she said that she wasn't feeling good for the last several months for uh, at least of her uh of her tenure there so which yeah, is interesting very- too because like i didn't really think about this before but a lot of like these like sort of tell-all interviews have been more so on like the, the men's side of the roster we really haven't gotten a ton of women that have been released that really just mm-hmm. kind of like yeah like you know this stuff of the company sucked or whatever i wonder yeah. if if that's a product of there being less slots for women's wrestling in the states because even or, on gcw cards like you other than you know uh our girl like you very well, she'd rarely, fit right in it's just like here's the person that alec hatch is gonna job this to this week like yeah well other than yeah because other than her you know you see every, you know she has opponents sometimes on there but there's no regular women wrestling for gcw you know and that's not to dread bag on them because that's true for most of the indies, you know what I mean? There's sometimes you get one women's match per card. So I wonder if they're just weary of burning bridges. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like they might be, they might not want to like, yeah, there's only so many places for them to be. And like, there's only so much room uh, for a women's roster. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. Like it, it might be like, they're afraid to burn the bridge. Like there's more room for women's rosters. It's just that we're not seeing it. I would love to see, dude. We saw some great women's wrestling or, or some great women's matches on Bloodsport, and like Zeta Zang, like, come on, mm, bring her in. Yeah. What if she was a regular on GCW? There would be something I'd be looking forward yeah. to every show. Where is like, where is that? Why isn't there like? Well, I guess we've talked about it till we were blue in the face, but just the direction of G- <laughs> JGCW and they're like like how they do things in their storylines. We're only picking on them because we watch them more than any other, other indie, but yeah, I'm sure this is a valid criticism of a lot of them. It's, yes, absolutely. And so 
speculation, you know, I think that they do not want to burn any more bridges. There's not a lot of bridges to burn, you know, more, more so than the men. The men have a lot more bridges, whether or not, you know, some of them are less lucrative. But I think they're a little bit more willing to do so because they know if they want to stay in the business, they can, uh, there's more places for them to go. So I think that's why. Okay. Yeah, and then a couple other contract notes. Um, one from AEW, then one um, more from WWE, kind of. Apparently, Stu Grayson might be gone from AEW. Uh, I'm just looking at recently, uh, Meltzer said that uh, he was removed from the roster page. They don't know for sure, but that's only been to people who have been, like, not released, but their contracts expired. And he said that uh, apparently the two sides couldn't come to terms on a new deal, so... Stu Grayson might be gone from AEW. I could see that they couldn't come to terms on a new deal. Uh, Stu Grayson's really good. He -hmm. was a standout. He's probably the most standout guy in the Dark Order um, besides besides John Silver. But why didn't they do anything with him? Like, why? But at the same time, if they didn't do anything with him and he's like, hey, I deserve more money. I'm a better wrestler than this. You guys should have been using me. Then And they couldn't come to a deal like... I guess I understand where that was coming from, but they should have been yeah. using that guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, they should have been using the like, st- like Steve, like Evil Uno and St- and Stu Grayson were a good tag team. And like I've gone back and watched some of those older AEW matches. I've done it before, and uh, whenever everybody was like, "Oh, who are these guys? Who are these guys?" Like going back and looking at them, I'm like, "Man, these guys are actually kind of good. Like actually pretty good. Like I didn't even realize it at the time." Just because I've like, heard some of their like pre AEW matches were even better too. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't understand what was going on here, and maybe uh, Evil Uno's uh, clock is ticking too. Unless he accepts whatever new deal they offer him, if they do, I my guess is they probably see him as maybe a little bit more valuable just because he has a bit more visibility and whatnot. Yeah, I guess he's but like the knows? figurehead of the Dark Order and stuff, and we've hardly seen the Dark Order on TV at all. Like yeah, recently. they've been kind of conspicuously absent. Hmm. Weird. And then yeah. the last update, and this kind of it kind of opens up a broader discussion about the WWE releases, is that Roderick Strong has asked for his release. Uh, notably, a couple, I think, a couple people that they just released were actually in his faction that they gave him, and a bunch of other people, like including Marina Shafir, his wife, were supposed to be in it at one point, and they released her. Um. <sighs> I'm not surprised that he wants his release, but it does kind of raise a question. Like, I mean, and I, I mean, it's just kind of, I mean, I kind of know why, but it's just the fucked up business aspect of it that they're like, you know, people who want to leave can't leave. And then the people who, you know, want to have a job, they're like, yeah, hit the road. So weird. So wouldn't you want people there that want to be there? Yeah, you'd think. And Roddy is amazing. Like, do we even need to like, update like tell people about that like he's fucking you talked about him last week yeah and yeah he's incredible and him leaving would be good maybe he sees the undisputed elite thing going on and he wants to be a part of it like who knows but yeah and do you think think they would plug him sign him and plug him in oh i think they would immediately absolutely because yeah uh yeah a hundred percent and you know marina shafir's over there too and he's like his 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 faction is like you know, he's got his own faction, but it's nowhere near like the fucking uh, credibility or visibility or interest that the Undisputed Well, they've dismantled had. it, too. So. Yeah, and they completely got rid of it. So, I mean, it's it's not going to have anything. It's, he's not going to be seen as somebody that had a stable. He's going to people are going to know him for the Undisputed Era and he'll fit right in. 
And that was something that would get me more interested in what they're doing because um, Kyle O'Reilly, I've lost a lot of interest in him, even though he's pretty <laughs> good. Uh, same with Bobby Fish and, of course, Adam Cole. Like They need something to get a little bit more interest, and I think Roddy would be that person for sure. I wonder yeah, if um, I wonder if they'll cock block it. Think, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I have no doubt. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I was like, apparently last week they, uh, you know, Mustafa Ali who's wanted his release for a while. They brought him back. Yeah, basically made fun of him live on TV. Mm. Like, like strip called him a quitter and whatnot. And it's like, this is. I wonder I if they're know. gonna. I wonder if the plan is to do something with that. Every once in a while, they'll take a germ of an idea, you know, in the wrestling community or like smarky community or whatever, and they'll try to turn it into a storyline. And you think, okay, maybe they're they're gonna have like, um, maybe they've got something here, and then it inevitably just gets squashed. Was any of their ideas that have been like we're a really shitty company ever really panned out in a good way? No, I don't think so. I think you're right. Like I remember, you know, more recently they had that one bit where they're like, "Oh yeah, like our booking just sucked for months and months and months," and then we're like, "All right, guys, you're the authority now." Whatever the fuck that. Oh means. yeah, and then nothing changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they had like Seth out there cutting promos about how shitty the show is, and it's like, yeah, didn't they do like a walkout or something? I can't remember if they did that, but like they were like, yeah, it was just really fucking bad. It was like completely self-aware that their show sucked, but they weren't doing anything to it. Yeah. Our guys get released and then take to Twitter and there's such a backlash that they end up re-signing them. The whole thing was probably kayfabe or whatever, like with, um, oh, fuck, remind me. Um, Drake Maverick? Yeah. Yeah, Drake Maverick. Yeah. The whole well, thing is probably actually favored. gone again, so. They, yeah, they, they turned it into like a fucking storyline and then fucking canned him again. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, yeah. man? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Well, I think that about covers all the news stories this week, unless there's anything that you guys can think of. Uh, No, nothing at all. I'd love to get into some reviews. So we'll start things off for reviews with AEW Dynamite, April 27th, 2022. We open up with Cash Wheeler versus Dax Hardwood for the Owen Hart qualifier with CM Punk on commentary. What do these three guys have in common? They're all obsessed with Bret Hart. We all suck <laughs> Bret Hart's dick. <laughs> and uh, there are a ton of Bret Hart spots and Owen Hart spots in this match. Um, I can't remember who put the video out, but they just like put them side by side and you could see yeah. it all. I did appreciate Punk on commentary, like noting that like, hey, I've basically feuded with these guys, so I don't really like them, even though that they're turning baby faces. So I kind of <laughs> appreciate that continuity. Okay, was it that or was it that CM Punk doesn't watch the product outside of maybe his shit and didn't realize that they had turned babyface because they're he baby mentioned faces. he mentioned he mentioned like their alignment with MJF and it's just like, dude, are you not watching your show? Well, he, they haven't they haven't totally like they haven't left the pinnacle the technically, and also he they were with the pinnacle while he was feuding with MJF and they had those beatdowns and stuff like that where he got yeah. all bloody. He's had matches with them. Yeah, he's had like, matches yeah. with them. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, I I I'm okay with this. But I I, I love I, this match was really good, but I also like and I love Bret Hart, don't get me wrong. But man, I'm tired of the fucking Bret Hart circle jerk with this stuff. And I guess I know why they're doing it, but like, oh my God, come on. Like I get it. You like Bret Hart. Yeah, when you're just doing copycat stuff, like we saw some um, 
we saw some copycat stuff from like one, two, three kid, Bret Hart match and, and CM Punk and um, Darby. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, every match first... he's done, every big match he's done has been Bret Hart shit. But some of it is just copycat spots. It's not all just of, like, like almost all some... of it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's not cool. And that's when does that stop being an homage and just really, and I know they wouldn't look at it like this, but when does it just kind of veer over into fucking plagiarism? Or marks or just sure. being a or just being a mark. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, it, they well, definitely yeah, marks like, for him. Yeah, it's like they're almost it's like they're too big to be con- like themselves to be considered marks, even yeah. though they kinda are. But like I guarantee like if like Wheeler Yuta was doing this, like the whole internet would just be like Fuck Wheeler Yuta, he thinks he's Bret Hart, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, they'd be shitting all over him. It'd be one thing to, to do a copycat spot in a big moment and kind of make it mean yeah. something. Or, you know, it obviously like the the Eddie, like, yeah, I'm getting, like, I'm getting tired spot. of that shit too. Like, how often yeah, do we see people do the three amigos? Super, God, that's super tired. You're and right. how fucked is it yeah. that the most meaningful one that we've seen in the past, like, <sighs> years was fucking Jake Paul? All right, all right, I mean, all right, sorry, right. Logan well, Paul. All right, all right, all right, let's 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 call him out. Sometime. I'm serious. Like, <laughs> he's he's had the most, like, you he's had the most meaningful one. My point is, everybody knows that spot and they see it as a tribute to Eddie, yeah, but. Most people, even me, and I've seen a lot of these matches that are being referenced, and I don't quite remember until somebody who's more obsessed than I <laughs> calls it out and puts it together in a video, right? So, and I, I think that most people in the audience, whether live or on television, don't realize that these are quote unquote tribute spots. Yeah. So it, it's not like the Eddie thing, which is a blatant homage, right? So that's that's my question is like, when does this stop being an homage and just kind of become a lazy habit and, and maybe even veering over into plagiarism because most people don't realize what it is. I don't even know if it's lazy is as much as it's, they're just getting carried away. Like we get it. You maybe, like Bret yeah. Hart. You're pro- I yeah. think, I think, yeah, I think FTR right. is in very dangerous territory and we know we got, get it. They're baby faces, but they're in very da- dangerous territory to just look like pussies for doing this stuff. I think you're right. Yeah. Lazy. You're right. Like, you convince me on that. I don't think they're being lazy because I think they're being lazy. They're like, oh, we got to have this fucking match. Like, yeah. oh, we got to put it together. Fuck it. Let's just turn on a yeah. Brett match. Let's just write this shit. I don't think they're doing that. I, I mean, they pulled it from a lot of different matches, to be fair. They, they did yeah. that too. And that's fine. But, like, at the same time, like, I get it. I want to see what FTR do, what FTR do, does. Like, I'm not watching yeah. FTR to see Bret Hart stuff. Like, I'm watching. I, I was, I'm excited to see them do FTR stuff. And then they did. They did to, to their yeah. credit. But, like, Still, like, I, I think, and I, I kind of agree with that dangerous line comment real quick, is that, like, I, I think, like, Punk treads it a little bit better because it's not like his whole match is choreographed around those spots. It's like, there's that moment, you know, that's, like, kind of obvious. Well, the Darby like, one was. The Darby the one's Dar- whole fucking, like... Whole, I don't think the whole fuck, match was. The whole psychology and stuff is revolved around what him and, uh, what, what fucking one two three kid and uh, Bret Hart did. So, yeah, it absolutely was. But like the other ones, it's more so just like here's the spot. It's not like I'm, maybe. You know, I mean, it just depends. I mean, you, you, I mean, maybe they only highlighted a couple because I remember when when uh, when the Derby match happened, there was like there was like a video that had the one spot, but then I saw another video that somebody made that had like four spots from the match. Mm-hmm. And 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 when you do that many, then the selling is going to be the same kind of thing. It's gonna be it's gonna be the entire match, really. So I don't know. I just. Uh, 
I want to see these guys be these guys. And like, I like Bret Hart too, but this is like that kind of territory where remember when Rey Mysterio won the world title and he did it for Eddie and they were like talking about Eddie and stuff like that. And it kind of overshadowed and like, cool, they're giving tribute to Eddie, but it overshadowed Rey Mysterio and his big title win. Well, because it was all about Eddie. things that that caused that there there, there were but there were but like that's the, the, i mean that's the thing is he was doing it for eddie doing it for eddie doing it for eddie like you know built-in story and everything but at the same time it kind of like hurt him too but yeah that's fair i i think like they just need to stop doing that they just need to stop doing it. i get it you like them wear your pink gear i don't care but like yeah because we can just pull jerk. up we can pull up the owen and brett match if we want to see yeah that. one last uh note about this match uh that i think was joey's favorite part was there anyone in the crowd in the front row perhaps my favorite part yeah i'm trying to remember who was in the front row kip sabian oh yeah like what is that shit <laughs> what's the point like how long has he been doing that now like, <laughs> like, like a full 12 months what is he are they fucking really flying him out there to do that like what <laughs> the fuck know. is he fucking going on his own dime like what is that they don't fucking acknowledge it on tv <laughs> He just he's just back there. Nobody says, "Oh, there's Kip Sabian." His fucking the the fucking uh over it, whatever the fuck it says, it doesn't make sense. It's uh it it's stupid. It, what the fuck is that? What is it? Is there ever going to be a payoff or is he just doing it on his own? I don't know. I mean, it's he's still weird. under contract, right? Yeah. Yeah, at what point do they just like does he get off contract and they just file a restraining order? <laughs> I mean, if he's on contract, he's on he contract. Can't be doing sure. that on yeah. his own dime without their approval of that. Because I guess you so, get yeah. fired. Yeah, you get right? like you're if right. I'm not if I'm signed to AEW and you're not booking me, I'm gonna buy a ticket for the. I'm gonna buy a front row ticket, and go out there with a sign, like trying to go into business for myself. <laughs> you get you get your ass released, man. Surely. So this is some kind of them not acknowledging it on TV as part of the plan but just maybe some weird experiment i don't i don't know yeah, yeah it's it's a little oddly conceived it doesn't seem to be drumming up too much publicity to be honest no and like i've seen him for weeks and this is the first time that like when we were watching it that anyone pointed it out yeah, yeah. and you know and, you, he, and apparently he's been doing it for a long time yeah and i've seen I've him seen on him twitter i've seen him on twitter and stuff like that but that was literally the first time i was like wait he is yeah. doing that on tv like that was the first time i actually fucking saw it yeah, and like, as I said, like more or less, I've been watching Dynamite with you almost every week for two plus years. So <laughs> yeah, <even> like <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the fuck is that crap? That's garbage. That is pure garbage. <laughs> All right. The only uh, thing that will make it good is if he fucking takes that stupid box off and it's just Penelope Ford under it. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be a little weird, but. We haven't seen her on AEW. Yeah, TV they're like yeah, she's a, been, they're like a thing. So when when was the last time we saw her? Like, has she even been on Dark lately? We haven't seen her on the TNT or TBS shows in a minute. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, moving on, we got a quick Scorpio and uh, Sky and Dan Lambert promo, just promoting their main event match, which we'll talk about later. And then we have the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Factory. Yuta, once again, gets a big pop, uh, and we get actually a decent fight from the factory, mainly uh, Nick Camaroto, who kind of surprised yeah. me, at least. Uh, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he was the highlight on that side. They could do something with him. They really could. I always thought like he would have been a really good fit for, and this is kind of comedy, but it would have been a really good entry point for him if he was with like the Varsity Blondes as like the 
booger fucking type character like the big fucking like the well, like, maybe not character. booger not booger but like who was the fucking who was the fucking meathead and like revenge of the nerds i know who you're talking about but he yeah. was on the bad guy side okay was, like well, the little guy on the good yeah okay I know who you're talking yeah about. either way yeah either way he would have been like the fucking bully with the varsity blondes he would have fit them really really well i could imagine him fucking being mean he had to look exactly the same except he wore the varsity jacket too and he was like their fucking muscle. That would have been great. He would have been like he'd have been like kind of what Luchasaurus does for uh, for the Jurassic Express is just like the fucking babyface big guy, but he's a lot better. <laughs> I think you're on to something, man. The Varsity Blondes for sure in AEW should be a heel faction, like a mm-hmm. high school bully, like football player yeah. bully faction. Yeah, especially since most AEW fans are nerds. <laughs> nerds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Penelope Ford hasn't been uh, featured on AEW since January 15th on yeah, I just looked that up. Dark. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if she's injured or something. Like, that's weird. She's just, maybe she's one of those people that they're not going to bring back or something. Maybe we missed the news. Yeah, maybe she's hurt and we missed the news. I don't know. I, I don't think she's wrestled anywhere since then. So it could be an injury. Yeah, because like, why wouldn't you just put her like in the spot that we had like you know the weird uh, Wonder Twins in for Ruby? Like, why not just like if you know, yeah, you could have just had role. Penelope Ford right there. You're 100 percent right. So I, I feel like there has to be something more. I think her last non AEW booking is when we saw her beat Allie Catch in the summer at GCW. You guys remember that? We watched. We all watched that together. Hmm. Uh, we haven't seen this like so many of these people. Like, where's Miro? Is he actually well, he's been hurt? hurt. With what? No, he he's apparently been re- he's apparently recently recovered. He's just waiting for a spot. So, oh okay, know. man, so weird. Some of these people, you're like, hey, what happened to them? And like, <laughs> honestly, I kind of look at it and I feel fucking like bad. I kind of miss some of the charm that AEW had with some of these weirdos. And I see I like agree. I see some of these like overly polished people, and it doesn't have the same fucking heart or vibe to it you know what i mean like i miss marco stunt i'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) i miss seeing him come out with the jurassic express i thought that was a solid thing and then the blackpool combat club i i love everybody that's in it except for wheeler yuda but i don't like it it's so i like how you named the one person who like sort of exemplifies the stuff that you said gave it charm you know (laughs) that's that's true it's funny that's true but like it's and, and it's in a different way. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, so far, not much there. They're establishing those guys having them squash people. If they can do an incredible, you know, like six-man war with a you know, viable three-man team that's not out there just to give them another win, mm-hmm. and we see something like that. Well, and later on this show, I noticed that they put over that AEW has a lot of trio tag teams that are very good. So there needs to be a trio fucking uh, they championship. They have to be pushing the, that. That has to be commentary. Uh, I thought that. I, I've thought that since right? day one because because yeah. their whole thing is like they're they're utilizing staples of like the indie scene for like the last like. 15 years or whatever and one of the things is like the big trios tournament that chikara had and shit like that and like trios championships and they still haven't done that but they do use the term trios instead of like a six man i don't know like what we're talking about blackpool combat club like there's no personality and the matches have become uh let's get wheeler yuda his fucking charity fucking win they okay. did. It feels like you know, fucking charity. Regal, Regal and commentary, I think, did a really good job of um, kind of telling a little bit of a story about how, you know, he's not proven, even though he's with us right now, he could fucking work his way right out. 
And I thought that was good stuff from Regal, and it seemed he's, a little bit yeah. off the cuff. He's also like the only one that he, he reminds me of like Chase Owens. And you know what? Okay. I actually like him better than Chase Owens. Or I like Chase Owens better than him. He reminds okay, me of Chase. Come on now. He, hold on. He reminds <laughs> me of Chase Owens. He's kind of the young boy of the Black Bull Combat Club. He he um he wears the fucking gear that he wears the fucking Blackpool Combat Club gear, the BCC gear. He wears the t-shirt. Nobody else does. Brian Danielson doesn't come out wearing BCC stuff. Like, he wears it, like, proudly, and Chase Owens is always the one that wears that shit proudly. You know what I mean? But he's, like, the young boy and everything. But he wears, like, all the fucking shit that they shovel. Like, remember when they did, like, the Bullet Club Arising thing, and and he was the only one that had Bullet Club Arising on his fucking tights. Nobody else wanted to wear that shit. Like, he kind of reminds me of Chase Owens. I wonder if an impetus for this whole faction or trio or whatever it ends up being is, let's see if we can sell some of this merch with these two, you know, with these two big stars attached to it. And, and they and don't even go. fucking wear it. Mox, the wet Mox wears Okay, Mox wears like a hoodie or something like that, I it guess. It was, but. yeah. It was featured on TV pretty heavily. They made sure they got that front and center. Fair enough, so fair enough. Let yeah. you know that that shit is available. <laughs> But Wheeler Nita wears and, it on his gear and everything. And I'm, I mean, I'm wearing mine right now. Okay. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like so pumped that he bought fucking BCC gear before they did. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, he's like, I got my gear made. Where's your guys? Uh, uh, we didn't get any. <laughs> you guys got t-shirts. <laughs> you guys got t-shirts. Okay, Where's mine? Okay. Where you guys think of my pants? <laughs> <laughs> His bloody pants. Fuck uh, the fucking blood on his pants. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> such a dork. God damn. I don't care how hard they push him, man. He just still looks like a dork well, to me. Maybe he can acquit himself in Best of the Super Juniors because he was announced. Yeah. Uh and that so he'll be off AW TV for a little bit, presumably, while he's over in Japan doing Best yeah. of the Super Juniors. Thank you. When does uh, Best of Super Juniors start? Very soon. Uh it is on May fifteenth. Okay, so very soon. begins. begins yeah, so May like 15th. this might be like the last time we see him for a bit. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Get him off my TV for a little while. Someday you'll someday you'll learn to appreciate him. Maybe I will. You know what? <clears throat> Maybe I will. I'll continue to watch him and hope for the best. But after we put over Nick Camarado, we should have just went on to the next match. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, in case it wasn't obvious, uh, Black Combat Club won. Uh, we then have an interview with Tony, uh, with Britt, Jamie Hader, uh, and Tony Storm. Ruby Soho joins, and they're going to have like a tag match next week. Not a whole lot to say about that. This film feels like they filmed it immediately after they uh, filmed the segment that we saw last week. Like it was yeah. more of the fucking. Segment. I think they even had like the same attire and whatnot too, which is kind of the dead giveaway, right? Because like Jamie's looked yeah. like, completely different every time she's been on TV. We then have another Tony Schiavone segment with Jurassic Express. Uh, we tease maybe a little dissension in the ranks here when uh, Jungle Boy sort of laments his loss to Kyle O'Reilly for the Owen Hearts thing, and Christian said that he doesn't sound like a sore loser. He just sounds like a loser. Uh, but then they are going to challenge any, or take a challenge from any top five tag team, which is accepted by Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm looking forward to this match. You know, we're getting, uh, that's... Um... A second uh, program for Hobbs and Starks to work. I didn't expect that. That's really cool. I like that shit because Finally. you just expect, yeah, you just expect them to keep, you know, work and Swerve and Keith Lee. But well, we to be fair, I would be surprised if Swerve and Keith Lee don't, you know, try to fuck them. But 
We'll I'm, yeah, I'm sure it'll it'll I'm sure it'll cross over, but I guess what I'm trying to say is uh this is going to be more for these two guys to do and they'll be featured a little bit more heavily yeah. uh, because they've got two programs that they're essentially working simultaneously. And yeah, they're they're going to cross over, but Hobbs and and uh, Starks, man, they're fucking first level guys mm-hmm. that, you know, deserve more time. That so, would be an awesome. excellent tag team champion fucking run right there. Yeah, Agreed. for sure. That could be incredible. Yeah, that mm. could really be incredible. Then for our next match, I think someone might be uh, eating crow on this. Lance Archer versus Wardlow. <laughs> yeah, I'll eat, a, I'll, eat a, I'll eat a little bit of crow here. <laughs> I thought this match was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It yeah, was they did good, not yeah. squash Lance as you know, we were afraid that they might do, and Wardlow looked really good. Wardlow did some wild shit. They didn't squash Lance, but I was a little disappointed. Wardlow is getting a world champion fucking push. Like he's getting the biggest push in the company. Lance beat Mox on TV clean. You know, it was for a New Japan title, but he beat him and it was in a, you know, Texas death match or whatever, but sure. he didn't, he still beat him without, you know, somebody else having to run in to help him or something. So he kicks out of a choke slam followed by Lance's finisher. It's not even close. Like he kicks out at two and then. Lance just has to sit there and take the powerbomb symphony and Wardlow gets the win, obviously. And he's getting he's getting pushed like the biggest push you could possibly get in pro wrestling straight up. Back going back to the CM Punk match, he essentially ended up destroying CM Punk and didn't get the win because, you know, at the time, you know, MJF made him back off and he got rolled up eventually. But I mean, right now, like the AEW is telling us if this guy was in a title match, like he'd fucking beat adam page you know what i mean mm-hmm. nor do they at least have a good shot at it yeah i mean page just had a match with lance and it wasn't this decisive you know what i mean Not yeah. well close. sometimes they build these guys to lose to the fucking champ so yeah i could see that but um i remember learning that from like from crusher kong and crusher kong actually showed us like his stuff in wcw and they fucking ran over people hard for a real long time only to get destroyed by you know, Ric Flair and his teams, you know, like, yeah, like that's yeah. just a thing. Like that's a hundred percent a thing. Yeah. Or, to, or at least to have hangman or whoever the champ is, you know, have something to overcome a lot. Let's, you know, fuck it. Let's just make the Rocky three analogy with fucking Clubber mm-hmm. Lang. Like he beats him the first time and you know, whatever he has to, that's a simple story to tell. But, uh, but right now, whether or not it's to that end, Joey to, mm-hmm. you know, make the champion look like he really has something to overcome. Because it would be big time right now to push their. It would be big time if if Wardlow is the challenger, the first challenger for wh- whoever wins that, and mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like AEW for getting the New Japan crossover, that would be a big match. The be, uh, just sheer booking. It'd be we'll, huge, we'll talk yeah. a little. We'll talk about the the actual match. Um, whenever you guys are ready, but you know, in, in terms of Wardlow's performance. Well, I, I want to um, talk about that now. I want to hear what you have to say because yeah. you've been saying some shit the past few weeks. Well, he he busted out some athleticism and and i'll I'll say this um you know a lot of big guys can you know lance busted out some athleticism sure yeah and and, you know we've seen him do that plenty of times lance 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 is lance is great but he looks like he's a big guy doing cool yes you're right and wardlow does not wardlow's like (laughs) swanton that he did was the most beautiful one i've ever seen what about that hurricane rana (laughs) what about that fucking lucha hurricane rana that was that was good. He did a good job with he did a good job with that. But the Swanton was the like maybe the prettiest one I've ever seen. And and some of that maybe is enhanced by the fact that he's big, but 
hitting it. I don't know, man. Light. We did some pretty cool ones in the swimming pool of the past. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, the one at your apartment pool was pretty yeah. good on to the, like, yeah. the fucking floaty. We yeah. did a few of those, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but what I started paying attention to, I watched this match, match twice, by the way. What okay. I started paying attention to was what he was selling. And he's selling, after he takes Lance's finisher, he's selling like his jaw. So I guess he's uh-huh. still selling like a, a punch from earlier in the match. And maybe Lance got him a little bit. So he's doing the thing what, where he's selling what he can feel or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was a little weird after he takes uh, the it was, blackout. Yeah, the blackout. It used to Black, be called okay. the Texas Tower Bomb. It's weird to sell your jaw after you take that, but... Um, so yeah, I mean, he did, this is not I mean, it's a like a head shoulder bump, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not like a yeah, no. Yeah, he fair. was selling the jaw before and after that still, and just okay. He still has it's not a perfect performance, but wow, I mean, yeah, he showed us something he really hasn't showed us before, and he's clearly the big thing. The big takeaway from that is not that he did high spots, um, because like look at look out that window and you'll see a wrestler who can do high spots in 2022. It's mm-hmm. that he's clearly. <laughs> improving his game and working and he's still getting yeah. better and you can tell he's putting the effort in he's getting in the ring he's getting reps in i mean obviously like he's a physical specimen so for him to you know add this to his game proves that he's hungry and that's awesome and i will eat crow there a little bit although like you know we still we still have a lot to see from this guy and lance is fucking awesome he has good matches with you know with a lot of people i mm-hmm. i think man and i know he trained you joey and like I've liked him even since I saw him in the fucking Six Flags Mall parking lot. But man, I want to put him over right now. He's mm-hmm. he's so good. Jesus he Christ. Is, yeah. He's not that he didn't have it figured out before, but he has reached like I'm not necessarily gonna say his ultimate form, like he can't possibly get better. But goddamn he's good and he made Wardlow look good and he did yeah. great shit too. And man, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoy Lance Archer. I hope they continue to use him. But what about? Uh, do you want to skip ahead to the uh, the MJF promo from later? Yeah, I was actually going to ask if you guys wanted me to do that. Let's um, just do it now. Yeah. Since yeah. They're... So MJF has an interview. Um, you know, he's had one of these every week. This is later in the show. Uh, he yells at Lexi, the interviewer. He gets her name wrong, and then he tells her to fuck off, basically. And he says that Wardlow's next opponent is taller than him, stronger than him, and you can't teach that. I am. 99% sure he is referring to a and wrestler who oh. I think we have were wrong about in the past compared to some recent performances. True. W. Morrissey, the former yeah. Big Cass. So he was the guy that we were like, ugh, Big Cass. And he's obviously had some personal issues and things like that. Uh, that shit with Joey Janela is absolutely fucking insane. Uh, but he said he's gotten some help since then and everything. And we were like groaning because there was a little bit of time where we were watching some impact because uh, it was the crossover. Uh, yeah, the crossover stuff. Yeah. And channel. they brought him in. They brought this is the first time we saw him as like W. Morrissey. And he was awesome. Like he did a great job. And I was we were I was I remember I, I can speak for myself. Yeah. I was really surprised how good he was in his promos. Fuck. His they promos were, good. were fucking amazing. Yeah. His promos were fucking like stellar. And uh, I, we were all really surprised about it. And um, so, you know what? I'm not probably not groaning as much as probably a lot. Most people probably are on this. I joined with you guys to watch some of that Impact stuff, but it must have been after he was featured because I mm-hmm. still haven't seen him be good yet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking your word for it. But OK, they're going to have a match with Wardlow and another big guy. I don't 
know how this is like a progression after Lance Archer. Sure, though. yeah. That's a little weird. It seems like this could have come before well, that, but I, mean, I guess because it's a debut, it's, you know, whatever, more special. But he's um, known. He's a known name. I mean, you can say that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So MJF asked him how he would like to make six figures for one match, and I wonder if that six figures includes the dollar sign, the decimal point, and the two zeros after the decimal point. <laughs> would that be like 100 bucks? I don't, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it would be about a hundred bucks. <laughs> well, we know that he's like we know that he's stiff next Nick Gage because he didn't finish the job. He said he wasn't gonna pay him. Check wouldn't clear. <laughs> Which is like so, I want the follow up on that. Yeah, what the hell? Straight up, yeah. <laughs> Telling me Nick Gage wouldn't just like show up freelance and to like beat the shit out of MJF. I want to find. I want to find. Yeah, I mean, I wanted the follow up on that where like he's like, "You didn't pay me, motherfucker," and. You know, the, I thought like, you know, oh, he turned babyface and, you know, do something with MJF or something. That'd be cool. That's just my fucking dream booking, I guess. I want Nick Gage on TV more often. The boy might need to lose a few pounds, but. Yeah, I wish. God, <laughs> man. Okay. Um, next up, uh, from one pretty good segment to another, the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society and uh, I'm just going to call it Kingston's crew for right now because they don't really have an official name. And I don't want to have to keep listing all three guys. Um, the JAS is there first. Uh, Angela Parker refers to the uh, the crowd as the AEW Galaxy instead of the WWE Universe. I kind of got a chuckle out of that. And uh, Jericho demands an apology for being turned away. And Kingston just cuts like an incredible promo, just runs them down, talks about, you know, you want a hit on me. You don't even know what a hit is. Uh, that would, you, you know, for him, that means, you know, you put someone to the ground and... This was awesome, I thought. And then this gets a follow up. I think I think it's I think it was on I guess it was later on the show because they talked about it on Rampage where uh Jericho throws a fireball in Kingston's face. So this was yeah. uh That's a fucking that's a Eddie Kingston I love Terry Funk fucking spot, probably. Yeah, that's oh, old man. school. That's super fucking old school. Yeah. yeah. I liked it though for that. Yeah. I posted yeah, just for you to watch later, I posted in our pro wrestling chat, I posted the Morrissey promos for you to watch later. I'm going to throw some flash paper in your fucking face next time I see you. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is breaking kayfabe, but it doesn't really work that much. Really? Yeah, you don't feel any heat from it. <laughs> huh, yeah. interesting. I've seen I've seen magicians using stuff. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I've used it. I figured, I figured you know, it would, you know, maybe do some cosmetic damage or something, like, briefly, it, but... It doesn't do shit. You're tell, huh. telling us Eddie isn't going to come back looking like the fucking... Oh, he will. Face of, um, he will. He'll fire. sell it. He'll sell it for sure. Looking like the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, like the Invisible Man. Uh, like bandages are like fucking Marv from Sin City when he was. Okay, now we're getting too nerdy. Marv from Sin City. Oh my god, that's good <laughs> but, shit. Uh, honestly, really clear that these guys probably need some friends soon to take on the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. It's got to be. It's got to be LAX, right? The OG LAX. That's what I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I wanted to. Yeah. Oh my God. Hernandez is ready to go. So is Homicide. Let's go. I mean, yeah, I was thinking that too. It would even things out five on five, you know, for the pay per view. So, I mean, naturally. Or the Briscoes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. It but it makes more brisket. sense. It makes more sense for it to be Homicide. And yeah. So I, maybe we'll be seeing LAX. I think that's, that's definitely where I feel like they've been just dropping hints for. But yeah, it does feel we'll like see. that. Uh, we then had a quick. Uh, Sammy Guevara promo. He makes out Ty Conti. Uh, not a whole lot to say about that. Just you know, promoting the match. 
Then we have Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida in a Philly street fight. Uh, this was mostly, I think, what you would expect from these two. Uh, they've had a lot of pretty solid matches before. This was definitely more focused on like just the violence and like you know two people who really hate each other. Um, I thought it was pretty good though. Serena D picks up the win and they made it pretty clear that she will be going for Rosa next. Rosa was watching the match backstage and I think that'll make a really solid match down the road, hopefully. Like, it was okay. I'm actually pretty jaded on this feud, though. I'm kind of overseeing it. Like, I think they could have moved on a long time <sighs> yeah, well, ago. Yeah, my my thing was I really kind of just wanted, like, especially when they were doing the, uh, like, the professor's five-minute, you know, challenge thing with yeah. Deeb. I thought, like, you know, she, like, we're building her for, you know, a babyface champion. Yeah, and, and they are. The belt at that point. And, yeah, they are. But it was just kind of, I was ready to, like, I was, I was kind of concerned this was going to hijack into that, so... I'm kind of glad that it's settled for now, at least. I'm glad. I, you know, I'm glad they had the balls to put her over on, on Sheeta and and yeah. make her a viable challenger. Uh, so, ultimately, this turned out pretty good. Um, and maybe it went on. Well, too she already long, has but... a she already has a win over Rosa too. So yeah, that too. Yeah. So she's so yeah. So Serena D looks like a viable challenger right now. So you're wrong about this feud, Joey. This is the Dynamite Kid Tiger Mask of our generation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you the one who was like the most like skeptical of this feud? Yeah, because you're going to keep doing it. It's not like they're having incredible matches that everyone's talking about. I don't think too many people are going to say, you know, you you know, 20 years from now, 30, 40 years from now, man, the Serena, Serena D fucking cheetah feud. Oh my God. What a series. Those matches. <laughs> you watch any of them. <laughs> No, <laughs> which one, which one should I watch first? Honestly, you could probably start anywhere, but I would start at no. uh, June 29th. <laughs> oh yeah, my like, God. It's not happening. So unless that's, that's happening, I, you know, I don't know why they keep doing it because it's not that intriguing. And like you said, Joey, they, for what they've done, they could have ended it, you know, with the last match or even yeah. match before that. And didn't Sheeta, I mean, not Sheeta, but didn't uh, Serena Deeb even win that match too? They could have just I moved so. on. They yeah. Moved on. So I'm yeah, not sure what I, the scoreboard reads. Yeah. I think, I think part of it is, is that in some ways they're, a little afraid to pull the trigger on certain things like in the women's division. And I kind of get why, like they, they have a lot of people in the division who are green and like these two, you know, they can go and have a decent TV match. So I think that's why that's a well they keep going down to. Yeah. Didn't Becky Lynch say recently in some article that WWE has just done a way better job, you know, um, it's weird because of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, but but, but that aside, um, well, I think it was like kind out. of a kayfabe interview. But yeah, she basically said that like WWE's women's divisions like positioned better and like presented better than the AEW one. That's a weird thing to do in kayfabe is take on another company you're not working with, though. You know what I mean? So she's taken. Uh, she took a. Sh- she's took a shot. Well, she's made. A- she is made to Seth Rollins. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. yeah, yeah, yeah. She does that thing on the reg? So she took a shot at AEW's women divi- women's division, and I'm just gonna ask if you think like she's right. Um, over like speaking in overall terms, I think that the WWE women's division is presented uh, very strongly, at um, least at the top. Yeah, at the at top, the top it is yeah. below that. Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think so. Like. Yeah, just just like their main feuds, maybe they're presented like like a like the biggest thing in the world. But I mean, AEW. But even then, you get like mixed. You get stuff mixed in, like you know, 
Charlotte and Tony Storm. Where yeah. It's just like the baby face being made to look like an idiot constantly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they suffer from that shit, too. And like, how long were they pushing like Anaya Jax, you know, like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. I really to be completely honest with those the uh with those like negatives and positives, I would give the edge to AEW's women's division being better, but it, I wouldn't say by much. And it's only because they have like cooler matches like the fucking cage match and the payoffs like Thunder Rosa winning the title. Um it's cool mm-hmm. stuff like that. The women do cool shit. Even the worst women on or even the worst wrestlers on the women's roster um have cool matches sometimes like the bunny you know like they had that fucking yeah. crazy match and that was awesome and uh they get a chance to shine you mean like, out of like the people they actually like present right because i'm, I'm it, sure exactly of people on dark who are yeah it, exactly or, and like and like they make things feel like a big deal like remember when chris statlander returned and uh yeah. you know after you know during the um, arcade match and uh they they do a good job of making like a lot of the women feel important even if they don't make the top thing feel as important as wwe makes their top thing so there's like a i guess there's a give and take there but i would give the edge personally to AEW because they have some way cooler matches okay uh, i generally agree uh next up we have the uh climatic conclusion to the house of blacks feud with fuego fuego's right. just dead <laughs> they don't even, did they even show it yeah, they just have like, a spot like with Fuego just on the ground. Yeah, he was like um, laying on the ground, just dead. Yeah, he was dead. <laughs> they, so they didn't they didn't broadcast him being taken out. By no, they guys. didn't. No, even show, he's, no. He's, this was like a pre tape thing where he just laid down and they fucking hit, hit said, "All right, action or whatever the fuck." Yeah, then uh, um, they're about to you know, humiliate him, take his mask off. Then Alex Abrahantes cuts in saying that uh, it's sacrilegious to demask a wrestler and that he's in the ring, quote unquote, and that's uh. As they approach him in the ring, you know, the guy dressed up, you know, in his little druid outfit. And he says, the reason he's been doing this isn't, you know, fit with Penta. It's to uh, blindside the House of Black. And immediately as the House of Black's in the ring, Penta, Pac, and Alex come out. And it turns out the person in the ring is the returning Ray Phoenix. Got a good reaction. I was bummed to hear that, you know, he wasn't dressing like that because he'd been listening to too much Sisters of Mercy or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's back to his old look and, you know, I'll, I'll miss the uh, Me too. You know, gothic, uh, gothic priest get up. But. We'll miss the gothic monk, yeah, for sure. I won't. Phantom of the Monastery. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so nice little beat down here. Uh this is fun. Obviously, this is the next step in the feud for the House of Black and Death Triangle, except Death Triangle is complete now. And they had a really good match at the last pay-per-view pre-show. And hopefully they have another really good one, maybe on the main show. Who knows? You talk about trios that can go. This would be this is pay-per-view quality shit right here. You know what I mean? I'd be fine seeing this on Double or Nothing. Yeah, this is really good. Any thoughts, Joey? Fucking... I'm stupid. No, no. Joey, no, you're not. <laughs> okay, sorry. I had to get Freddy. Hold on, sorry. We get we get the uh we get the um the quarterly fucking Pac return, which is cool, I guess. <laughs> I just wish I wish he was there all the time. Uh yeah. time to build him for in time to build him for the pay-per-view. If yeah. this is what they're gonna do. I mean that's they true, they yeah. do that with him all the time. Like that's what I'm saying is like 
he has to go home for a while. I don't know if it's like a visa thing or whatever. That's why I say it's like quarterly. And then he gets a big return. Whoa, oh my God, Pack is back. Pack is back. And then like, you know, he's going to be here for a few weeks and he's going to go back and stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, and it's good to see Ray Phoenix. That fucking injury was so gruesome. We watched it a million times. Oh, yeah. But good to see him back. Uh, we then have another Tony Schiavone interview with this time with Swerve and Darby because they're having an old car qualifier match. He you know, talks about their friendships. Swerve says they're not really friends, they're just rivals. And Darby says that AEW is his house and also uttered a... What was what was the line that he uttered that drove you nuts, Joey? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm really over the... Like, so many fucking people that do promos do this. Like, it's such a fucking, like, go-to thing and it needs to be gone forever. It's like, it's like a pet peeve in wrestling for me. But it's whenever... The, a wrestler ends the fucking promo by saying and you're you're about to see exactly why i'm called <laughs> you know whoever x x whatever like i hate that you're about to see you're you're gonna find out exactly why they call me this or something like that yeah. or just yeah. you're about to find exa- out exactly why yeah that finale yeah yeah oh my gosh dude just <laughs> get that out of your fucking repertoire fair enough uh we then have the 10-man tag match, the Undisputed Elite versus uh, a bunch of face mid-carters. Uh, we have the Varsity Blondes, Lee Johnson, uh, Brock Anderson, I believe, and Dante Martin, because Darius Martin is injured again, unfortunately. Uh, is, he, is he actually injured? I thought we talked I think about so. Like, he showed, he, said, he posted he said a on, picture. He, oh, he did? He, I thought he said on Twitter that he that he was dealing with personal things, and people were... Oh, people just assumed that it's an injury, and he—it's uh, really something personal. But uh, he posted a not great looking picture of himself. I'll show you guys. Uh, maybe not. There you go. Okay. Dang. Okay. So why did he say that? I don't know. What the hell? That's so weird. How did he hurt himself? Yeah. What the fuck? I, I don't know. And poor guy, though. I mean, every time he's like, you know. Yeah, he just got back, and they did a good off, job yeah. of putting him over and. Jesus. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully things work out for him. But uh, but yeah, anyways, yeah, predictably this match, the uh, undisputed elite win. They do a four way BTE trigger and a boom. They win. Adam Cole hands out new shirts to the Bucks for their faction, and you know you can probably buy that on awshop.com. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of hawking shirts, man. <laughs> and real quick, going back, going back to the Ray Phoenix return. JR couldn't have been interested less. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Like his dry, like line reading style of like, right, Phoenix is back. Couldn't have been like <laughs> devoid. I didn't know ex- more. It couldn't have been more devoid of excitement if that was the plan. Oh my God. Like, come on, dude. He's back. His fucking arm almost came off on TV and he's fucking back. And this is a hot feud. Come dude, on, man. JR is just so tired. Dude, he got so he got so much more excited about fucking uh Robocop than he did Darius Martin coming, <laughs> or not Darius Martin, but uh fucking Phoenix coming back from a brutal injury. I mean, yeah, wouldn't you be shocked if you saw a movie character come to life? Oh my god. Honestly, I I stand what? with Doc on this one. Yeah, you're right. I guess Robocop. I wouldn't is more he be insane. like, like, let's say, like Iron Man show. Wouldn't he be like, oh my god, it's Iron Man? Like, is anybody? I mean, you're right, you're right. yeah. Robocop. Yeah, Robocop would be like a guy that looks like Robocop coming to the ring is absolutely shocking. You're right. Okay, my bad. I'll take it back. I mean, Ray Phoenix is great and all, but he's no Robocop. <laughs> uh, let me get back track. Um, then we have a 
promo promo for the ROH TV World Championship match for Samoa Joe and Trent Beretta on Rampage. And that takes us to our main event for the TNT title, Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky. I thought this was a really solid match. I thought it was really good. I the ending, like the last few minutes, um, I thought were like really intense as far as just like the constant back and forth. And like you really didn't know who was going to win at any given moment because of how much like every time someone was taken down, the other guy gets pulled down the ladder or hops on the ladder. Uh, A lot of insane spots. There was a pretty nasty looking botch from Sammy where he I don't know what exactly he did, but he like just flew off the ladder did this fancy flip and Scorpio tried his best to catch him, but he was nowhere near. It it looks like, yeah, it looks like he couldn't jump far enough. And that's because when you jump off a ladder, there's just no like, there's nothing, it's nothing stable. So it's going to give just a little bit at least. And he's not going to be able to jump. No, no way he'd jump as far as he wants to. That's why like when you see like Jeff Hardy do like his fucking ladder spots, he always falls instead of jumps. He just like does a little fall. But yeah, in order for this to work, Scorpio was essentially going to be at have to be at the base of the ladder yeah or somebody needed to be there to hold the ladder and that's just stupid well if it was gcw the ring crew would just come in and yeah hold the it ring crew it. would just hold they it would know him. they would know when to come in i did find it funny that at one point in the match sammy guevara grabs dan lambert up from like you know the ring and he like holds him and then ty conti does a low blow to zero reaction did you ever think you'd see the day where dan lambert would get his comeuppance and he wouldn't it wouldn't be like met with just a chorus of cheers. Hell yeah, because he's fucking baby face now. I know. That's like the extraordinary thing saying. about it. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I mean, holy shit, dude. The baby face turn is 100 percent complete here. Scorpio looked like <laughs> a huge fucking star when he uh, won the match. I thought this was really good. Yeah, it was decent. Uh, I had fun watching it. Pretty much everything about it. Oh, yeah. Fucking take Conti fucking sucks. She's do fucking worse. Yeah. Well, she, you know who else sucks, dude? When Van Zant ran out yeah. and went after her. Oh, she was terrible too. Dude, you know what, dude? You're, they you're you're right, but no, they did not suck equally. Because when Paige Van Zant was beating the shit out of Tay Conti in the fucking corner, Tay Conti started fixing her hair while getting beat her ass beat. I fucking kid you not. Please go back and watch this. I wish we were watching this together because Tay Conti started fixing her fucking hair instead of selling while getting hit. And then when Paige Van Zandt was done hitting her, she fixes her hair some more. It's crazy because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Van Zandt's punches were like the drizzling shits. And I wonder if it's because she has like she just hasn't figured it out yet or if. I think a lot of like the MMA people have that issue of like getting used to like doing the work. Well, some of them come in, yeah, but but the problem I see most of them having is they're working too stiff. Still, yeah, you know what that. I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if she has such little respect for the wrestling business, she thinks it looks that bad or it's that shitty. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when you work a punch, I don't know. Like, terrible dude i've got a lot of work to do i've seen who cares about that match i've seen chicks get fucking yelled at not yelled at but like to people like the trainer will get on to them about fixing their hair or fixing their gear when they're supposed to be selling you know pulling up their pants or some shit yeah like that's that's a that's a fucking no-no i saw like a video of lance storm telling that to uh, to one of his students before like why are you fixing your hair why are you fixing your hair stop fixing your hair like stuff like that that is yeah fix your face that is some that is some fucking like day one shit. 
And I don't really remember her doing that so much before. I don't know. She absolutely fucking did. And you know what? She. It's such a small thing and it might have gone unnoticed. But dude, I saw it so clear as day here because like it maybe it was more fucking amplified because Paige Van Zandt's supposed to be legit, you know, and Mm -hmm. and, uh, her fucking no selling it like that because of that. Like, that's fucking bad. She's bad. Botch aside. You know, ladder botch aside, and you're right, Joey. This, that's exactly what happens. He should know that by now. Like he should not. He's jumped off enough things. Yeah. You know that aside, Sammy delivers again in one of these big high spot matches, one mm-hmm. of these big high mm-hmm. spot main event TNT title matches. This was really entertaining. Still, he's killing it. Um, as heel. He's 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 like yeah. leaning into it. He's doing a really good job. Um, this is the most interesting I've seen Sammy in a very very yeah. very long time, maybe ever. Crowd fucking and, uh, despised him. Yeah, like maybe like this is the best I've seen him do. Like I love the poofy jacket he got. I like all that stuff he's <laughs> doing. Like it's that's good stuff. Take Conti not so much, but he's doing a great job. They might have lost this match, but they did pick up the triple A mixed tag titles. So I saw that, which is really <laughs> which is actually really cool for them. Like that's that's a good thing to do. I yeah, saw- I, I, to be fair, I didn't even know those titles existed. I'll be honest, I did not either. I'll be honest, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah uh this was good uh frankie gazarian comes down to shake scorpio's sand and he'll be the next match and they've got a lot of history together so i'm sure that'll be a pretty solid one he's babyface now uh scorpio sky so he's got to keep his word right yeah he's yeah gotta keep his word uh, unless he i mean is his is his turn really full just a swerve like, yeah. or is it just or is it just or is it like just because he was in there with Sammy, and I know, like it to me, it didn't seem like that. Because because uh, Dan Lambert still got his comeuppance. I think that they're still going to be heel. What if he tries to fucking screw over Frankie Kazarian? I think you could have a. I think you could have something really good there, like a real good. Maybe story. yeah. Because, because I think you could definitely have a good story, but at the same time, I kind of feel like this was such a good like coronation moment as like a face that I don't necessarily know that they want to immediately reverse it. Yeah. But at the same time, like, man, there, there's a personal issue. Like, that's what wrestling, that's when wrestling's at its best when it's telling its yeah. stories, is the personal issues. And he could, there's a built-in personal issue with Frankie Kazarian, you know, his uh, yeah. former tag partner, stable mate. They were very good friends. It was a very, it was years. It wasn't just like a thing that was thrown together. It was like something that lasted a very long time. They were the fucking, like, um, very first tag, world tag team champions in AEW. Like, there's so much history mm-hmm. there. And if he tries to fuck him over, then you can make a guy like Frankie Kazarian, who we know can be a real like he can be a fired up baby face. We know he can. We've seen it whenever he was the the elite hunter or whatever the fuck like this could be amazing. Like this could fucking put Scorpio Sky on the fucking map and Frankie Kazarian on the map as like bigger stars than they are. It could be. Or yeah. they could not figure out what to do with it or it could not occur to them and to fuck do the anything pooch. with it. Yeah. And and they could just have a match, and Scorpio goes over, and they shake hands after the match, and then Frankie goes back to doing nothing. Yeah. You think eventually yeah. um, they'll do a, a Sky and and Page program? Um, I hope not anytime soon. I hope they don't do that before they they work. They have Frankie Kazarian, because then you can have dude, you can have uh, Christopher Daniels like involved and in, like you know yeah. trying to keep the peace and stuff. God, there's so much story you could tell in the story. And it'd be so, let's see if it happens. What a fucking like you'd be leaving some shit on the table if you did that. And they have to know that, right? What if they what if they turn Kazarian heel? They could do that too. I I see it more as like like he did the nice thing for uh 
to me, to me, he did the nice thing for Scorpio Sky, and Scorpio Sky's like, ah, uh, you know, maybe I'll give it to you next week. Or he keeps like trying to figure out a way to put it off, and like they could just build sure, some animosity yeah. there, or some shit, you know. He's like, oh, right, you here's... know, I know, I told you that, but my back hurts, you know, from that hard match. Oh, I'll give it to you next week or something. Yeah. Since we're fantasy booking, here's what I think will happen: Paige will turn heel on Scorpio Sky and Frankie, whatever happens, and he will kick Scorpio out of Men of the Year, and he'll bring back Michael Elgin as his Men of the Year. My, tag team Michael partner. Elgin's <laughs> not going anywhere near wrestling company ever again. <laughs> What a shame, too. I mean, he was good. Too bad he turned out to be such a fucking bad dude, I guess. But hey, the heat, man. The heat. The heat. The heat. All right, moving on to Rampage. We have Darby Allen versus uh, Swerve Strickland. Uh, pretty decent match. Uh, good technical stuff from both guys. Uh, eventually, it ends with Ricky Starks leaving commentary desk. Uh, for a momentary distraction, which Darby picks up and wins, and you get Ricky celebrating, and Swerve loses. They later have an exchange where Darby said he didn't want to, you know, win that way, and they're cool, but they hate Ricky. Let's know? take let's take a step back. This match was amazing. <laughs> this match was fucking outstanding. It was pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd so say amazing, good. but I I don't know if it continues like that. Real, it's re- very good. I don't know. I don't, if know, it's what a classic, I don't know, know what it establishes. I don't know what it. I don't know what it establishes, but what it did too for me, like I thought it was so good, and they worked together so well. And you saw, I mm-hmm. saw, um, Swerve was doing spots that I've never seen him do, and like, and not not that he couldn't ever do them, but he, you could tell he trusted Darby. I guess they came from the same place. I don't know if they trained at the same place or whatnot. But I guess maybe they came up together or something. They probably but have he, a decent amount of history. He, they seem like they had a level of trust for each other that they don't have for most other people. And the I'm way they a lot was Darby. fucking amazing. Oh my gosh, dude. Like There was just like the crazy fucking moves to the outside. Like the fucking stuff on the inside. That fucking uh, tope, that lope he did and he got hit by the forearm was insane. I might I might have undersold this. Yeah. Yeah. This this match was fucking outstanding to me. Like I thought it was so fucking good. Oh you, yeah, the the biggest spot that stood out to me was uh the vertical suplex swerve did from the apron. Oh yeah, that was insane. Yeah. What a yeah, fucking that was like brutal even by like a Darby spot standard. Yeah. That yeah, was... this match fucking ruled. And it reminded me of a lot of like cause the uh the stuff in Lucha Underground, the first time I ever saw Swerve was in uh, was in Lucha Underground. He was doing the the uh, the kill shot gimmick, and he was doing some sick, sick, sick fucking bumps, like crazy shit. Ugh. And uh, I saw um, a match with him and Ar Fox, and it was like they had glass and they had all the fucking like crazy shit that you could do. And in Lucha Underground, they went overboard. Like they had fucking like scaffolding built into the fucking arena, and they were doing cr- crazy shit off of that. And this was the first time I've seen Swerve do anything since then. Like, I've I've seen those videos, and like I haven't seen him do anything this crazy like since then. This this fucking match ruled. I loved it. There was that spot at Supercard of Honor where there was an over the top rope spot when yeah. who was he working with? Oh, you're right. Yeah, I do remember that. That was a crazy spot too. Yeah, it was Alex Zane. Alex Zane. Yeah, mm-hmm. who was also announced for Best of the Super Juniors. By yeah. the way. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I and I thought this was very good. I don't know what kept me from feeling that it was amazing because now when we're talking about 
all the parts. It sounds great. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I think no, for me, I don't, it was just too short. It was too, it was too short, and they obviously like, you know, he they obviously wanted to um, establish that maybe Swerve could have won. This match could have gone a different way. Yeah. Who knows? Like you don't ever know. So maybe it sets them up again in the future. But yeah, this match fucking I thought it was so excellent, yeah. man. I would have I mean, rather like this had gotten more time than uh, O'Reilly versus uh, Jungle Boy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm not, and I'm not watching the fight TV feed, and I also didn't watch this live, so I missed everything that happened during the commercial break. They were doing cool that stuff pro- during the commercial break, if I remember correctly, too. Sometimes it's not just cool stuff. It's about how they, you know, keep things going and and keep a, a pace going, right? Or mm-hmm. the story going, or you know, just the rhythm of the match. And maybe that's what fucked me out of it. I don't know. I still thought it was really good, very good. I just, I never got the, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to go back and watch this again feeling for some reason. Which yeah, I, maybe I will though. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, I definitely, I, I mean, it's worth the watch for me again. Did I you, I can't remember the last time I saw a baby face cash in and win off of a of some heel interference like that. And of course they did, like you mentioned, they did the little yeah. house cleaning promo or whatever. Yeah. Um, where, hey man, you know, I don't want to win like that. Let's go five more minutes. Just like, are you? You yeah, sure they literally said that. that. Like, yeah, they you literally sure you can book that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and Darby did. I mean, at least Darby didn't do just a fucking normal roll up. He did his actual like, uh, yeah, the heel. Clip. Yeah, yeah. What does he call it again? Uh, the commentary called it the heel clip, but I don't know. No, he has. Um, there's he a word. It has a name, and I can't remember what it is. But I would have booked that segment like this, where he's like, "How about we go five more minutes?" And Swerve's like, "Hell yeah, dude, let's do this. I want to fucking make that tournament." And then Darby's yeah. like, well, well, actually, like, I don't, I think this is like a pretty packed show or whatever, but like, <laughs> yeah. we should, we'll talk to Tony about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did like uh, early in the match when like, you know, commentary is, you know, putting over the match and whatnot. And then Ricky's like, I'm kind of torn that I kind of hate both of these guys. But yeah, that was uh, that match. We then have a Sean Spears promo. Uh, he says that the guy they have for Wardlow has a lot of PP. Oh, before we go, before we move on, so Darby Allen was trained by uh, by uh, Nick Wayne's dad. Yeah, Nick Wayne's dad, Buddy Wayne. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that was Nick Wayne's dad. Remember when he showed up and gave Nick Wayne like the AEW contract? That yeah. was like him. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. So that's the the, the fact that he was trained by his dad was like tied into that story. Uh, yeah. So Sean Spears promo says that the guy they have for Wardlow has a lot of PP, which he says is pinnacle. Potential. So I'm actually kind of wondering if Morrissey's, if this is more than just like a guest appearance, if this is actually a full debut. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Uh, we then have uh, Chris Jericho award himself Sports Entertainer of the Week, and Satan and Ortiz come out and beat him up on uh, on the commentary desk, which uh, doesn't happen usually. But if, I guess eventually security escorted them out because Jericho went back to commentating and yelling at him, and they'll have a he'll have a grudge match against uh, I believe it was Santana next week somebody showed a little bit after that beatdown where they had zoomed in on jericho when um excalibur is doing some bit of business regarding you know upcoming matches or pay-per-views mm-hmm. and jericho is doing this thing where he's he's doing such a great job of looking left and right like making sure that no one else is coming <laughs> around the corner yeah i wouldn't yeah, even mention that's great. Yeah. i wouldn't even mention that but he was doing such a good and yeah. it was almost like it was subtle for professional wrestling. Huh. It was perfect, though. So Yeah, good. it was really good. We then have the baddies versus uh, Sky Blue, Trisha Dora, and Willow Nightingale. This is basically just a 
Uh, I did notice in the crowd there was a couple dorks uh, with a unofficial baddie section. Uh, yeah. Clearly they yeah. were the official one. <laughs> did you notice that Willow didn't get fucking tagged in the goddamn well, yeah. match? Yeah, Willow, I did notice star- that. She started the match and that was it. No, Willow wasn't in at all. Sky Blue started. I think all three were like in, but like they didn't like, so maybe that's when she got the reaction, but no, it was Sky Blue. Yeah, Sky I Blue think- started the match. Yeah, she wiped somebody out and that's, the, and then she got taken out at toward the end of the match, but. Yeah, I think she got a big yeah. reaction when she took somebody out, but that's the only thing she got in. It's really all she had to do. I feel like that was, had to be a, like a deliberate choice, right? Like we need yeah. like three people to go up against the baddies, but we don't want. They just had fuck. They just had he just like they just had her fucking challenge for the ROH Women's Championship. Like right, so she's fuck? not the person who took the took the loss. Like yeah, uh, she's on the yeah, losing cool. team, but she didn't do any. Like you know, yeah. she wasn't involved with it. I, I feel like that so, has yeah. to be. Delivered. They just needed somebody, I guess. Call up Penelope Ford again. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, I like we were saying earlier. Jesus Christ. I guess they gave her some FaceTime, though. I guess you can't. I yeah. don't know. They got her back on TV, kept yeah. her in the hearts and minds, and she got one little like spot in. And yeah, she got a reaction during that spot. So Fair enough. Fair enough. Only thing I really have to say about this um, is that I think that uh, this little faction, I think, kind of works for Jade, like really kind of reasserting her as a heel because she still gets like a, a big reaction because like she comes across like a star, but like red velvet, I thought mm. was a pretty decent heel. Like people booed her. I mean, I don't, her stuff was pretty basic. She's as heel, but. yeah, she's better. She was better as doing heel shit than she is doing baby yeah. stuff. And I'm not saying like she's a world beater all of a sudden, but she's better doing this, which I wouldn't have guessed, but mm-hmm. props to her for, yeah, yeah showing a little fire. I can and, agree with that. Yeah, I like that. Com- committing to the heel shit, and she well, was honestly this makes this like Jade. Like to me, like Jade, you're like you're right. Jade just to me, like we I was saying before, like she should just be babyface, and adding these goons helps her be heel, like yeah. be a more believable heel. Yeah, that's that was like the main thing because I was explicitly thinking about like how we've had those conversations. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Like this is this is how you this is how they, this is how they fix it. Yeah, this is how they fix it. Did Kiera Hogan show you guys anything? Uh, really, Kira Hogan. I I I used to think she was all right, but like, yeah, we saw a segment on Impact that set the wrestling business back like hundred years. So <laughs> I haven't been able to look at her the same since. She just didn't really do anything in this. Like, did did you notice anything? Or I don't even remember, dude. Like, I I really don't. Yeah, it was it was not memorable. So maybe she'll have a showcase down the line. Maybe she won't. We'll we'll find out. We then have Keith Lee versus Colton Gunn. Uh, I thought this was decent. Um, I didn't realize how tall Colton was, but he was like about the same size as Keith. I mean, not like not literally the same size, but he's like about the same height as Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, he put yeah, up a, I a decent fight. He's, yeah, eventually ate the pin and lost. But basically, uh, back to sort of uh, formula with Keith Lee. You know, the stuff that we were getting from it first, just something to keep him on TV, I guess, and until they do the next big match. Keith Lee does the thing I hate, which is where when he gets, and I, I know this is commonly accepted in American wrestling, he's certainly not the, you know, sole offender, but when he gets a big offensive mood, move in, he soaks in the moment. Panders. You know what I mean? Panders. <laughs> panders. Yeah, Panders too it. much, and, like, he soaks in the moment too much. It's like, dude, yeah, you can fire up the crowd sometimes, but, man, you've got the advantage. Go fucking win the match. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah. Oh, my God agree with this so much well you've even you've even pointed out that you don't like it when 
even certain heels do it either. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I I really don't. I think it's I don't, weird. I don't either. Heels it heels it's even worse because they do like like the young bucks will do this thing where like they like bow but it's not really like a fucking heel thing. It's like a like a they're clearly doing a performance kind of thing. <laughs> I fucking Mar- Marty Skrull used to do it too much. Oh my god. It, and it takes too much time for them to get it in. Um, you know who was really good at that when when they were working heel and they didn't always, but Jumbo Saruta would turn to the crowd and try to get like their approval on something real quick and, and they would like boo him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he would he would look like so appalled and offended that they booed him. But he's really just doing it real quick and he's usually doing it while he's moving over to his opponent. Yeah. And it just works. It's quick. And you can yeah, firing up the crowd and, and working the crowd is part of wrestling and get it in, but Make it make sense in this, you know, in the spirit of competition. You know, mm-hmm. you still have an opponent that you just got an advantage on. You know, yeah, like it's okay to be emotional and show some emotion and turn to the crowd for approval or to tell them to fuck off or whatever. But come on, man, like don't sit there and just soak in the fucking moment and let your opponent recover. It's just offensive and I hate it. Yeah, I mean, what would it, what else would you expect from a guy who's you know slogan is bask in his glory? Oh, that's true. Yeah, he does guess, a lot of that. I guess that's his gimmick. Yeah, yeah, I guess it fits. Good job, I guess. Bask in your glory as your opponent is doesn't recover yeah. somehow, just goes against, yeah. you know, whatever. Yep. I said my piece. Otherwise, I'd yeah. like him, but come on, man. Then we had a couple promo segments. We have Tony Schiavone with uh, the Hardys. Jeff puts over Owen. You know, I guess he did actually, you know, work at the same company as him for a little bit. Yeah, so he's going to be in the Owen Hart tournament or qualify rather against Bobby Fish. We then get... The Undisputed Elite with Bobby Fish, who calls him Jeff Hardly and says that uh, they're going to beat them. And then they, you know, parody they're old, that's Undisputed, and say that's Elite, you know, to put over the change in brand of the faction. We then get the uh, Davies uh, highly anticipated segment with Danhausen and Hook. So Danhausen cuts a promo, says that he's going to eviscerate Hook, and then tells, you know, them to send Hook. Hook comes out for the confrontation. Uh, Dan Housen kind of cowers down a little bit and is like, hey, actually, let's just, you know, talk this out. And Hook doesn't want that, but eventually Smart Mark Sterling interrupts and Tony Nese attacks them from behind. They fight them back and it looks like they might team up and there are Hook Housen chants. But Hook just walks away and that's the end of that segment. Yeah, if um, Dan Housen gets injured, they can sign Santino and just bring him in to fill in. No, okay, okay come oh. on. Okay, so, <laughs> so okay, so listen. So last week, last week, and um, was it last week? No, it was on Dynamite. Sorry, on Dynamite they announced this segment right, and they showed the graphic for it and stuff like that. I and think it so, was yeah. it, the graphic for the announcement alone was the biggest pop of the night, straight up. It was bigger yeah, than it anyone. It was bigger than CM Punk. It was bigger than everybody. It was they love it. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it was yeah. huge. Like it's fu- the fucking graphic, nothing else. Like well, this just goes a- back to what we we're talking about earlier that just because, you know, it's popular or over doesn't mean it's good. That's also true, but we don't have any fucking reference if it's good or bad so far. So, I don't know. I it's it's hard to say. We don't know yet. I really don't think that we know this yet. One day at whatever the like the biggest AEW pay-per-view is, you and Davey are going to be sitting next to each other in a crowd. Hookhausen will come out. The arena will like erupt in shears, right? And he will be just standing there with his arms crossed, no reaction. I guarantee that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then get uh, Lexi, who I, I, I was she around prior to this week? I don't really remember. 
Um, I don't think I've seen her before, but she's with the Ass Boys. The Acclaimed comes out and asks them if they want to scissor with the Acclaimed. <laughs> they don't, and they leave. And that's the end of that segment. So weird. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, super it's weird. pretty fucking weird. Super weird. Uh, they then offer Lexi if they want to. She wants to scissor with them, and she also fucks away. Uh, we then get Mercedes Martinez promo for the unification match for the ROH women's title with uh, that match, I believe, is happening dynamite of this week. Yep, with... Deanna Perrazzo. Yep. So hopefully that should be good. And then that takes us to the main event, Samoa Joe versus Trent Beretta for the ROH uh, TV championship. Ian uh, Rivik, how do you pronounce his last name? Rickavani. Ian Rickavani, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian Rickavani, he's not, he's there for commentary. He's the ROH commentary, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Cruz is the ring announcer, so you know, of course, you gotta present it as like authentically as ROH as possible. And I think we got a pretty solid match out of this again. Uh, Samoa Joe does his stuff. We get some cool things. Trent looked good. Joe actually doesn't win with the Muscle Buster this time. Uh, it gets reversed into an SIE flip. Then you get this really awesome, just like Urinagi from Samojo, where he just he's in the ring corner, and he just like tosses him away. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's one of his signature. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the ST Joe. Yeah, he's, it looked fucking awesome yeah. here. I love that shit. It's good. It's good as fuck. Uh, I also liked when the code of honor was adhered to. Jericho said that it made him sick. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, it's not sports entertainment, I guess. Yeah, uh, exactly. We, uh, Shivani tries to interview Joe, but Jay Lethal interrupts. <laughs> Orange Cassidy walks up to uh, Satnam uh, as he comes out, does his bit, and Lethal just like tosses him aside. I, like just <laughs> like get out of the way. Then uh, we get a a pretty decent pull apart with uh, Joe and Lethal, and that closes out Rampage. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal 2022. Yeah, that's gonna be fucking awesome. That's a long time coming, man. Again, another thing that has a built-in story. All they got to do is yeah. tell it. You know, all they got to do. When is they keep putting it over, that like these guys have so much history. They have they have the fucking footage. So like, show the fuck, show the footage yeah. where where Le- Jay Lethal was this that's, fucking yeah, you know this young boy true. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, why why aren't they incorporating that yet? Yeah, I haven't seen any OG ROH footage used on AEW TV. Yeah, maybe there's still maybe, some red tape that they have to go through or something. I don't or maybe know, they but... think it looks maybe they think it looks too like low budget to put on no, TV. No, there's no way, or else they wouldn't want it. But I, I but they I, might I would... want it for their streaming channel, not for television. I don't know. No, I, I mean I, they they used some kind of not amazing footage for like the box. Yeah, Rapunzel yeah. Ice. I bet you there's some kind it's of true. red tape they have to go through first, Could like be. to get it yeah. going. There has to be. That's the only thing. I can or just of. getting like that whole like library, you know, under their management and whatnot, just making mm-hmm. sure that they can, you know, mm-hmm. pull out what they need when they want it. They could be transferring Oop. it. They could be transferring it to whatever yeah. fucking system that they use. They could be like, could be a number of things. But, uh, but yeah, they do have the fucking footage. I guarantee, like, we'll get like some video packages when we get closer to like the match itself yeah, happening. I would yeah, think I'm so. hoping they, I'm hoping they do show that stuff because there's some man, there's some great spots yeah. in there. Holy shit! Straight up, I mean, you, there's with yeah. them teamed up and stuff. Oh my god! But yeah, you're right. With the towel and built-in story, and all they got to do is tell it, mm-hmm. and all they got to do is make sure that all the chicanery and shit surrounding it with Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt and whatever else is going on doesn't get in the way of, of what could be just a simple and effective awesome story. Exactly. Yeah, I, 
and they were doing a pretty good job of talking about it when they like when they talked about it on commentary. Uh, they did a good job of like filling that in. So, do you think they'll get this on the Double or Nothing pay per view, or do you think they're saving it for an ROH branded show down the road? Which does we don't have mm. anything announced at all in terms yeah. of ROH. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's a good question. I think we will maybe we'll probably see it on Double or Nothing though. For them to be featuring it so heavily on exactly WTV, you you would think that yeah he's going to defend uh, that belt on the pay-per-view i hope gresham gets a match on the pay-per-view yeah he should he very well should. he very much should i had heard he might have gotten like hurt no during the dalton castle match but oh, i don't know like, that was it... like one of the safest matches i've ever seen it was good though no i seen satnam seeing dribbling him off the canvas <laughs> <laughs> dribbling him. oh my god I, I don't think that was it i don't know I, so i don't know if he's like it, it sounds like it's probably nothing like super serious it might just be oh, like, okay you know, Looked it up. Uh, he was checked for a concussion after that match. Okay. Oh, okay. That would make a lot of sense then. He was supposed to wrestle for progress. Following that, he he got pulled because of uh, I Ooh. guess like concussion protocol. And I'm not sure if it's precautionary or if, if he had the concussion or not. But yeah, it's a head head injury possibility. Okay. All right, so New Japan, we uh, we didn't really catch most of it, but we did watch a, or at least most of us uh, watched can a I, match actually from last week. Can I can I bring this up real quick? Early yeah. morning guy steals Twitter. Dark side of the ring says, "What are your dream episodes for season four? And early morning guy <laughs> steals says, "You guys should do one on how there were a whole bunch of doinks." <laughs> okay. What if that's who? What if that's who early morning guy steal really is? What if he's is one it, of the doinks? Didn't we hear that there is not going to be a season four of Dark Side of the Ring? Uh, that was that was a uh, D confirmed. Vice, okay, yeah, Vice. Said okay, that okay sorry. That's so fucking funny. Because there were there were I think, I think I'm on something though, including one I knew named Dusty Wolf. What do you What do you want to talk about right now? The um, Tai Chi match. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about the Tai Chi match. Okay, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so we had uh, this is from. Actually, the start of the week was Taichi versus Shingo Takagi for the uh, King of Pro Wrestling trophy. This was a 30-count stipulation match, which basically meant the first person to get the guy on the mat for a collective count of 30 wins. So one counts, two counts, three counts, it all adds up to that total. Yeah, kind of like an Iron Man match, except you count every count. Yeah, and like they had a graphic, which uh, I definitely appreciated because, you know, prevented you know me from like having to take notes like okay you know there's one for taichi there's one for shingo and there was also and maybe they played it up too much there was some dispute over certain counts because like oh that's off a choke or whatever and i think it nece- wasn't necessarily as clear as it could have been uh but the, the uh graphic itself was a little amateur hour you would literally see like the cursor go over uh-huh. the number and like you know erase and type it in i thought yeah. that was kind of funny but Whatever. At least they kept the scoreboard posted at all times and we weren't yeah. having to rely on Kevin Kelly to fucking keep us posted because then we would have never known who Oh, I'm sure you have no idea. <laughs> and I, and I watched this on the, the Japanese feed, actually, so I really would have, you know, I guess I can kind of, you know, I took a little bit of Japanese, so I would you know, be able to identify numbers roughly, but yeah, yeah that would have been a pain. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what drives me nuts is, like, during the G1, Kevin Kelly will sit there live on the feed or on the air or on his recording or whatever and think out loud about how many points a wrestler has in the G1, like going down the stretch. I'm like, motherfucker, 
Why don't you have this shit? You this is your job. Like you should have yeah. this shit. You should know this. Write it down. Don't sit or there. Or someone and, else should give it to him. Like, yeah. Don't sit there yeah. and fucking think out loud how many points does Goto have? You know. Yeah. When it's well, like, it's also annoying too because it gets all speculative. Well, like this person wins, and I, I get you know it's part of it, but it's like you turned you know this wrestling tournament into a math competition. Yeah, and, and then he'll be like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute, no, Goto's still alive. Like five minutes later, I'm like, what are you podcasting, bro? Like you're the fucking voice of New Japan. Like, come on, man, you should know how many fucking points these guys have and who's still alive and who's eliminated. Where do we apply to be the commentary team? <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Send your demo tape to the New Japan World Support email address. <laughs> send your send your demo reel, buddy. Support at. All right. I mean, I, uh, okay. I really liked this 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 stipulation or this gimmick or whatever. I would like to see it mixed in every once in a while. You mentioned it being like a Iron Man match or a Last Man Standing match. Like those are always like incredibly boring. Like this actually adds like some exciting psychology to it because now like going for like a roll up early or even just like a basic move like a kick and then a, a pin like if you can get a one count like that's you know one step closer to victory yeah. it actually means something i thought it was really cool what do you think joey we checked this out uh yeah i thought i think it's a really cool fucking stipulation uh definitely unique i would like to see it again i would like to see it's... it in more of like a blood feud though like uh where people are just like so back and forth, like um, maybe against uh, like, maybe. strong style guys, you know, they're knocking each other down all the time and they're constantly going for pins or some shit or even like a technical wrestling thing. But, you know, you a technical wrestling, you're always going for fucking submissions and stuff. But uh, man, it'd be so cool to see some like cool like ZSJ fucking roll ups and shit like that, trying to get oh, yeah. these fucking pins or something. That'd be so cool. Um, I think this was way better than the alternative stipulation. So this was uh taichi's choice and right. shingo's choice was the three count takagi style which what meant that you needed to subsequently get a one count a two count and a three count on your opponent in order to win and this was a twitter so poll like, du- like a one. like a like a double pin like a no you needed to like get someone down for one then get someone down separately for two and then separately Ooh, that's awful <laughs> it's awful because like you like you pointed out doc you would just always kick out at two and never let them get the one count on you yeah yeah yeah, yeah you just yeah, be like yeah silly. i'm just gonna like lay down like or lay down for three it's like well i you know, thought like they, lose to three. you have to get two three counts or something which technic which if, if that was it then like shingo won anyway like he, won, he won with a six count so yeah <laughs> if you have to get if you have to get two three counts i mean essentially like it's a two out of three balls match at that point yeah so when they yeah. called, they called for the bell at the at that six count, but they could have gone further. So does that mean that like uh, they needed thirty to win? They uh, okay, so they yeah, did they need thirty to win. Okay. thirty, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, all right. Because yeah. Taichi was ahead, he had twenty nine. Shingo had twenty four. That's gotcha. why the six count. That's exciting, um, honestly. That's so. I good. would like to, see, yeah, I would like to see this worked in more. I don't think New Japan would do this for a title match, but I could see AEW adopting this and doing it like um, an obvious title defense. Yeah. For the champion, you know what I mean? Yeah, they've done like the think, Texas death match and whatnot. And yeah, I think it would be really cool to mix this in like a couple times a year. I dug it. Agreed. So I guess we we didn't all like uh get to watch Dotaku. Yeah, yeah, Dotaku. We didn't get to watch Dotaku. Um I watched a few matches and there was some really good stuff on here. Okada versus Naito was pretty awesome, but we I guess we should talk about like really what, what the show is really all about. And it was setting up a lot of new stuff. Like um, we we saw recently that Juice Robinson um, 
talked about how he wasn't excited about wrestling anymore. He talked to the Wrestling Observer. Uh, he wasn't excited about wrestling anymore. He found himself having a hard time getting excited about wrestling, and that he's looking forward to his contract being up. He said that he had signed an extension, and his contract was up. Well, his contract was up at this point, and that motherfucker is badass because he fucking worked everybody. Because everybody, people, a lot of people were talking about this. He straight up did this on fucking Wrestling Observer, doing a fucking full blown like dead serious um, uh, interview. Because he fucking comes out, and he joins the Bullet Club, turns completely heel, which is insane. They, lo- they oh and, wow, like, I didn't see that. Yeah, so he fucking he turns on the he, uh, Chase Owens comes out to uh, to seemingly challenge for the U.S. title, and um, and then they swerve it, and then this guy comes out. He's wearing um, he's wearing a ski mask, and you're like, who is this? Like, it did not look like Juice Robinson. But after you find out it's Juice Robinson, it very much looks like Juice Robinson if he was in the Bullet Club. I'll just put it that way. And uh, <laughs> so he comes out and then starts beating down Tanahashi, uh, who wins the match. Uh, so Ishii had to repl- by the way, Ishii had to replace uh, Will Osprey because Will Osprey oh, tested positive for COVID. They said he didn't have any uh, symptoms at all, uh, but he did test positive. And uh, so Ishii uh, filled in, and this match was really awesome for it. They did a lot of really cool stuff where they kind of worked each other's matches. So you see Tanahashi doing a lot more strong style stuff, but then you see like Ishii doing like fucking dragon screws and just doing shit like that. But he's also getting dragon screwed as well. It was really good. It was really unique cool. for what they were doing, and uh, I liked it a lot. But yeah, so what they established was like, so G- Juice comes out. Um, Beats up Tanahashi and then fucking unmasking it's Juice Robinson. And it was so clearly a work when he did that. He's clearly re-signed. He's probably still really excited about wrestling, but he's completely turned heel, which is crazy. Yeah, I thought it was very weird that he would go on while he was still signed and do yeah. that, like, unless he was just totally resigned. Exactly. Like, I mean, they, he, had, he hasn't said that he signed, but... Is this that uh, he was working swerve that Davey's been talking about? I don't know, but like the, when he did this, this isn't quite that. Though. When he when he did yeah. when he did this, like the crowd was like shocked. It was the kind of shocked where they got completely silent because people love Juice in Japan. Like the women don't they have to be silent anyway. They do, but this was like deathly silent. Like this was like oh my god, like a guy that we really like fucking turned heel, like just straight up. Like it was um, weirdly silent because people love Juice over in Japan. Mm-hmm. Especially the women and stuff, like they really liked Juice Robinson, and so it was, it was, it was very effective, and um, yeah, it's crazy. It's so cool that he worked the Wrestling Observer <laughs> with this stuff. It was, yeah, that's awesome. That's good shit. You may as well, like you may yeah. as well work. Yeah, I'm not gonna call them dirt sheets anymore, and there there are still dirt sheets out there, but I mean, yeah, it's it's fine for people. That's to what make it's all about covering wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do and it. So well, yeah. we, we don't make a living, but yeah, we do. We're, we not, we're not doing scoops and you <laughs> yeah. know, shit like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, you've got to use that shit. You know, whether mm-hmm. or not they know it or not, use everything. Yeah. And you know what? To a degree that doesn't damage the business or hurt people that, that can't afford to be hurt financially, work other companies too. Yeah. Work whatever you can all for the sake of the most important thing and that is professional wrestling itself. exactly 100 <laughs> percent. you know what i mean Couldn't agree work, more. work work news work the fucking fans outside the show yeah. work people at your fucking merch table yeah. work the dirt sheets work the fucking big wrestling websites work yeah. twitter work everything 
I remember some like uh like some of my trainers would tell me like because uh, a lot of people after shows like on the indies they will stay after the show and they'll stand outside and they'll talk to fans and like be like friendly and things like that and then uh some of my trainers would be like well why would you do that like they see you on the show and that's like that makes you special and, and things like that it's one thing to do like an appearance or like a meet and greet or something like that but to like hang out in the like out the back like hanging out like like with fans after the show that's a little different unless you're like walking out and somebody sees you and they want to take a picture or something like that but to go out there and to like literally like fucking um with the whole intent of like hanging out with fans is just really weird like you just don't be special anymore so it, but and, and, and when i did it i wouldn't fucking hang out with fans and i fucking probably look like an asshole and i was like good i'm heel that's fine with me you know and you have to work everybody you have to work these people it's kayfabe can still be alive in a lot of ways yeah if you want it to be it doesn't have to be completely dead so fucking kudos to juice for doing what he did that's fucking awesome so it was a big deal he joins the bullet club and then we get to the main event uh the match was really good it was it was it was okada versus naito it's their it's their uh the latest in their series match yeah they well they they showed that um they showed this really cool video package at the beginning where it just showed them like wrestling as like young lions and then it kind of showed like their matches over the years and them trading wins and stuff like that it was pretty cool and uh the match was good and uh okada had a new challenger and it's fucking jay white jay white returns to japan for the first time in a long time uh but on top of that uh he reintroduces the bullet club and it's the first time we've seen bullet club in the ring together as a big giant unit uh in a long time like on the same page yeah they brought they brought luke gallows carl anderson they had everybody there except we didn't see anybody from house of torture in there so yeah yeah yeah. but they were like this is bullet club and then carl anderson got on the mic and was like did the roll the old school roll call like how he fucking like called everybody out but it was like fale it was luke gallows carl anderson uh, uh juice robinson's there now he's with this group and uh, it was pretty good. Um, Chase Owens. Also, Chase Owens got his first fucking nod, man. He He's uh, now one half of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Unbelievable. Yeah, crazy, right? And and I thought that he was challenging for the U.S. title, but it turns out Juice Robinson is going to be the challenger, I think. Yeah, and he was so. U.S. champ before. So, he was, uh, yeah. It makes sense for him to yeah, be in that arena, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I think they just announced, um, they just announced, like, as the fallout from that, the match on Capital on their uh, Capital show, their American show, uh, it's not going to be Mox versus Tanahashi. It's going to be a multi-man match. Um, where is it? I just saw it on New Japan's Twitter. Their Twitter's pretty bad about like their Twitter's horrible. <laughs> they just have so much stuff on it; it's hard to keep track of. Yeah, they really do. But it's going to be a four-way, I think, with Moxley in it. Okay. And I think Tanahashi's in it. Um, I mean, I, I, of course Tanahashi's in it. He's the fucking champ. Um, Juice uh, Robinson's in it. I'm seeing Suzuki versus Brody King on that card. And there's a Chaos um, tag team match with Okada and Trent Beretta. Uh, and they're taking on Hikaleo and Jay White. Well, that show is a little less than two weeks away. And yeah. I'm very, very excited for that. But I'm going to watch this. Uh, I'm going to watch this show this week for sure. It's a good uh, show. It's definitely worth watching. Yeah, I'm. I'm still shocked they actually, you know, put the tag title belts on. Bad luck, Fale and Chase Owens. 
You also had uh, Tama beat Evil for the Never Open Weight. Man, Ta- they finally give Tama his like big singles win, and you just fucking... Oh, and Osprey's in the match, too. I think they're going to give him that match. Uh, oh, here we go. A fatal four-way for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. Will Osprey lays down the challenge for May 14th. There it is right there. So it'll be Osprey, Mox, Tana, and someone else. Would it be Juice? Would it be Juice? That would make sense, yeah, Yeah. since, uh, yeah, that would tie in a bunch of storylines. Yeah, there you go. That's probably going to be it, yeah. That's like a big, like, elevation thing for Juice, right? That's a huge one. Yeah, that's a huge one. Because it's like, that's, you know, three really big guys, and yeah, that'll be a big moment for him. What do you guys want to wrap it up? So yeah, yeah. So that was New Japan. Uh, make sure you stay tuned. We've been really busy this week, but like again, we do have big plans for the show. I know we keep saying that, but we really do. Um, it's just been a pretty crazy, hectic week, and we've had a pretty big workload on us. But um, stay tuned for stuff. Make sure you follow us on all our social media. Uh, check out our link tree. It's just a uh, uh, linktr.ee slash monsterpop. And do you guys have anything to close out? No, man, uh, Roderick Strong's been sitting out on my porch now since uh, shortly okay. after we started recording, so <laughs> okay. better go attend to that. Okay. And may your, uh, may your week be filled with many monster pops. Catch you guys later.